Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special post-E3 wrap-up episode of the Super Show podcast. I'm your host for this week, Jamie, and joining me on one side, I've got the Dark Souls enthusiast, the From Simp himself, the man who's probably spent the last seven days draining his balls over Elden Ring trailers. It's Chris. How's it going, brother? Um, Why are you king-shaming me? I mean... I feel like we're going to get that stuff out in the open as early as possible, put it all on the table, let people make their own decisions about you. I mean, if I, if I had to put that on the table, I don't think people would be too satisfied. I mean, well, there, no, might be, not, there might it's be. It's also shriveled up now. They look like prunes because of how much Elden Ring juice you splurged, no? Listen, um, there, there was a lot of Elden Rings, okay, that I had to go okay. through. And at the end of it, I, I, I was a bit hollow, okay? That's just... And, and now you could say I'm tarnished, but it's all right. Wow. You know what? We, we, we'll, just, we'll just move on, okay? They wouldn't have called it Elden Ring, let's be honest, if they didn't want people to get excited. So It's true. It, it is specifically designed, handcrafted by the master Miyazaki to bring forth erections and frothing ejaculate. Yeah. A fine note made by gaming's most notorious wildcard, a man whose opinions are so unpredictable that I actually don't know which of the announcements and games we're going to talk about today that he's actually going to enjoy and which ones he's going to shit all over. Jonesy, thank you for stopping by. It's ironic because I think I'm probably the most predictable of the three of us. Um, but, there, thank you for, but thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited to uh, talk about what we've seen. Oh, from hold on. So hold on. Can we, can we unpack that? That you are the most predictable? Uh, what? You, I think you, I am. You're, you're dead wrong, bro. You're dead wrong. You I'm, I have no idea where you're going to be on any game ever. <laughs> Okay, but I'm. I think I'm. I think you could guess. I think I couldn't guess as easily with you guys. I see so many games and trailers and things where I'm like, "That's a Chris game," and then I talk to Chris about it. And he's like, "He's like, oh, I don't really care to be honest." And there'll be another <laughs> random game that I'm like, oh, "I don't think any of us would be into that." And then Jamie would be like, "Oh, I can't wait for that to come out." I'm like, "Okay, I just I don't really know where I'm at with this. I'm so I'm confused." Yeah. I think you can predict what I'm going to be into. Like you, you, you both say it's not a Jonesy game, and you're always right. <laughs> like you, whenever you say it, I never go. Actually, oh, no. I've decided to play this tactical shooter uh, and really put some time no, into it. No, but you see, but then every every now and then, every now and then, you fucking put the. For our friends who know about cricket, you pull a fucking Yorker on us, and we don't know what the fuck is happening. Okay, because yeah, because like. Even more than that, sometimes you just go straight for the fucking body line, all right? Yeah. And you just fucking hit us because every okay, now and then you're like, this week. yeah, every now and then we're like, we come up to our catch up session and you're like, oh yeah, I, I picked up fucking Titty Fondler 55. We're like, what? I did. I did well, pick up Titty Fondler 55 this week and it was yeah. not, it was not as, um, as good as I hoped. So you do but, totally do that. You actually did that. With one specific game, like literally half an hour before we started recording, I just saw on Discord that you were playing and it was like, okay, fine, which we're going to get around to. Um, but I think it's fair to say that while we might not be able to see eye to eye at the moment on how each of our opinions on games stack up, we're probably going to have a better idea in an hour and a half, two, two and a half, three, three and a half, four hours time. Oh, Jesus, because, please, boys, no. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, hey, let's leave that window open because we have got literally, if we wanted to, literally hundreds of games we could talk about from brand new announcements to returning titles to games that showed off gameplay for the first time to movies that are in production that Randy Pitchford visited the sets of. <laughs> uh, everything happened because it was E3 last week. Um, and when you joined us this time last week for the podcast, we had discussed Summer Games Fest and brand new hot spanking <laughs> trailers for games like Elden Ring. But E3 proper hadn't really begun. We're yeah. on the other side now. It was kind of shit, but there are <laughs> games to talk about. Um, 
Yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't. I want to see if you guys feel the same way as I do, but given that we didn't have E3 last year and we had Summer Games Fest and it lasted for like 18 months um, and I we got to sort of keep getting excited and then getting a reveal and, and it all dragged out for quite a long time. The fact that E3 was again like effectively three days, it just kind of made me go, oh, that's just not as really as good as it. I want to get excited for months on end. So I'm, I'm still really glad that there's loads still to come. But the fact that E3 was there in the middle. Yeah. I feel like E3s are kind of like Christmas now, which is they're never actually going to be as good. Everyone that's already passed, especially ones from your childhood or your adolescence, are always going to be the ones you remember most fondly. They're yeah. never going to live up to the hype. And you're always going to come out of Christmas being, it's like saying to yourself, wow, that was over quickly. When's my birthday again? And <laughs> in this case, our birthday is, I don't know, like EA in July and then Sony, whenever the fuck yeah. they want. I don't know, like... That's such a good analogy because at Christmas as well, if you think about it, I don't know if you guys are the same as me, but I always used to look at the presents as a kid, like the presents under the tree, like the few days before and get so excited about what was there and how many presents there were. And that's like when you sort of go in, when you're imagining what could be at E3 and then when you actually get to look at all the footage, you look at the trailers, you're like, oh, is that all I've ended up with after this whole event? Which is much like Christmas when you've got four pairs of socks, a chocolate (laughs) orange, and uh, some toy from your nan that costs a tenner. So, and, and five pairs of socks. The, I think the thing about this E3 that's kind of struck me is it's kind of exposed how much of a gamer with a capital G I am, to, to, to take the, the tagline we used from, from last week's episode. Hell yeah. Um, it, it's exposed the fact that I'm very cynical about a lot of things. And I think I'm trying not to be, I think I'm trying not to be. So like, yes, it was a bit of a weird E3, but you know what? I've, I'm, I'm trying to come out of a positive fellas. I'm a changed man. I'm like, I'm like fucking John Hamm at the end of, <laughs> of Mad Men. All right. And I'm fucking, I'm going to make that fucking Coca-Cola jingle one way or another. All right. Bang some hippies. That's all fine. All right. Go to, go to some fucking, uh, fucking yoga camp. All right. Where was this E3? This is the E3 that I wanted to go to. What the fuck? Hell yeah. No, I know what you mean. But plus, like, <coughs> we've been talking about video games in some form or another, and a lot of it professionally, uh, which is a weird thing to say out loud, but it's technically true. Oh, well, the dictionary definition. We semi-professionally. Semi- we were being, paid. We were being I, paid, brother. But mm, did we ever but really what, take what, ourselves what seriously? I was say, what I was going to say is that, like, We've also seen how the sausage is made, and I think it also increasingly people who haven't necessarily seen firsthand how the sausage is made kind of know how the sausage is made because the games industry, yeah. they're in almost like no barriers anymore. Yeah. Everyone yeah. follows an insider on Twitter. Everyone gets the scoops. Everyone knows what's going on behind the scenes. Cynicism sneaks into it, right? It's, you know, it's just an, an expected thing at this stage. But yeah. It doesn't it's protective mean- as well, though, right? Cynicism can be protective because before you get into an E3, if you had no cynicism at all, you wouldn't come out the other side the same because you'd come out like let <coughs> down, disappointed often. Uh, I think cynicism keeps us all a little bit, you know, we go, oh, I knew that, oh, I knew it was going to happen, oh, they've done it again. And then yeah. you get to the next one and you're happy, you're excited mm-hmm. again to watch another show. And then a little bit of cynic, cynic comes out and it's all good. It's fine. Can, can, can I lay it on the line for you, fellas, though? Like the, the bottom line of it? Yeah. Is we didn't have an E3 last year. Yeah. Um E3 came back after taking, you know, ESA taking a bit of a fucking knock on the head. Uh and we're still we're still reeling from the effects of COVID. So 
you know what? Even the fact that we got by a lot of people's accounts a mediocre E3. Hey, I'll, you know what? Like that's that's against the odds, right there, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, sure. That's that's a good yeah. point. You know, and, and, and as yeah. sorry, Chris. I was going to say, and you know what? Like, I'll, I'll I'll mention it later on, but you know, we we came away with the holy trinity from this whole kind of E3 time. It's not yeah. just E3, but we came away with the holy trinity plus extras. That's all you need, baby. You'll you yeah. carry on listening to find out what that holy trinity is. See, it's I know obvious, what you're going to say the holy trinity is, and it's not my trinity. So, um, I think in terms of like rabid fan bases with over-the-top subreddits that like needed to be satiated sooner rather than later otherwise yeah. they'd form some militia group i think chris <laughs> has got the holy trinity down to a two yeah no no he I has i can has guess which three games he's talking about yeah like. yeah me too but you know um yeah, well, it, it, guess, you know you could just call it the triforce really oh see there's oh. a little hint um and I mean, I guess that's the positive thing, right? For anyone that maybe didn't uh, pay as much attention to E3 or couldn't you catch every stream, um, there were that was actually me, plenty of. By the way, that was okay. that was Chris fathering his way through uh, E3, um, <laughs> as we all want to be doing. <laughs> that sounds that um, sounds so bizarre, dude. Well, can I tell you why? This is the weird thing. Because well, yes, okay, <laughs> but <clears throat> for the like the first time in E3's fucking history, because it's all digital, and no one's like, oh, we have to have our event at fucking. 8 p.m. In, in Los Angeles, all right, all of a sudden, the the conferences are coming out at decent fucking times, but not yeah. when you have a kid. No, <laughs> so it's, it's like... The, I think it was one of the, the Microsoft Bethesda showcase was 6 p.m. Uh, our time. Yeah. And I think when I put that in the group chat, Chris, you, I can't remember what you said, but... Uh, yeah, there's uh, probably a lot of expletives, but there you go. Probably a lot of expertise. But <laughs> as I said, we did eventually get around to seeing some cool games. We will go through hopefully every sort of major release that you and and we as a group were all interested in. Um, structure, we're going to sort of ebb and flow a little bit, but we're going to try and touch on pretty much everything that we feel needed touching on. But that, that kind of sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? I should stop using the word touching. Jamie, um, you do like touching, so it's okay. Just embrace it. I like touching games, folks. Let, let's make that perfectly clear. But if there are any games that we perhaps didn't mention oh, that you were excited about. Games, yes, that's what we're strictly talking about video games here. Or maybe mm. like we completely overlooked a game that you were super excited about, or maybe Jonesy was really down on a trailer that you thought was hype as shit. You can always join in the conversation. Um, we're on YouTube, as you may or may not already know. You might be watching us on YouTube right now, in which case the comment section is just down below. And if you're not watching on YouTube, then you can reach out maybe on Twitter. The handle is at Super Show Pod. One of us may or may not reply. The gamble is part <laughs> of the fun. And uh, if you want this in audio form, if, I don't know, maybe you're about to go on your commute. You don't want to watch a video and drive at the same time. Worried you might die. This podcast is available in audio formats on all your favorite podcasting platforms. That's Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. And if you want to take things to the next level, we're also on digital radio, courtesy of Paisley Radio. That's paisleyradio.com, Thursdays at 10 p.m. And it's repeated every Monday. Any more uh, housekeeping, boys? I, I, I just want to say that I've just checked the Super Show Twitter and yeah. my man Setuna Guerrero just posted a, a a killer meme, which is a share it with the class. It's a picture of three dads from various Pixar films. Well, not oh I guess no, it's it's okay. It's not dads. Okay, so it's the the main human from Ratatouille. All right, mm -hmm. the yeah. I, like I forget their names. It's with the, the big nose. Yeah, it's the toy collector from Toy Story Two. Right. Yeah. 
all right? And I can't remember who this was. This the dad from Inside Out. Anyway, and the caption is, all podcasts have the same three people hosting it. And okay. guess what those three people actually fucking look like? No. It's, I wonder if I, can, it, if I can do, like, one, one of them, right? Like, it looks a bit deep fried, but I think between the, the visual aid and the descriptions you just provided, I'm hoping, Boom, hoping people get that. You know what? The weird thing, I, I, I agree that we fit that format perfectly, but I don't want to know who's who. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I kind of feel like, not to sound like too too full of myself here or full of ourselves here. You're going to say you're the hot dad. Well, obviously, dude, look at this. Come on. Yeah, but that means that means Jonesy has to be the big-nosed fucking, like, rookie chef from Ratatouille, right? Yeah, but he loves cooking. Why doesn't that mean that you're the big that chef from Ratatouille? Because that would mean you're the fucking toy collector with a comb-over with cheesy what's-it fingers from Toy Story 2, <laughs> which has to be me because I'm the only fat one, even though I'm also the youngest and okay, but should be the rookie. Yeah, my they, point, my they, point. Do you know what, I'm getting that these don't really fit us very well, these little series. Yeah. Um, my my point the... is this, okay? My point is this, is that people say that this is like, oh, every podcast is like this. But I, I think we fucking, we, we pioneered it and we fucking perfected it. <laughs> and we don't get enough fucking recognition for the, the services that we have bought, not only to the podcasting world, but the, you know, when on our ATG times, our, our tenure, at ATG, how we fucking changed the game. Everybody now is like fucking, oh, let's get everybody doing a fucking voiceover and bantering at the same time. Fuckers. Well, and we, we started a revolution. Yeah, we were trendsetters. I'll we take my royalties. Thank you very much. Oh, and I'll take a comment of the week. This one comes in from Tempered Rider. And last week he said, listen to podcasts at work through Bluetooth speaker. Mm. Guest passes nearby as Chris brings up Catherine Zeta-Jones's ring. Let's go. I guess the perfect time. I guess what can we say about that? that that's what you get. Is that well, the Super Show guarantee? As you can hear, I'm still suffering from fucking HPV throat cancer. So <laughs> I think Sorry, if you want to know what Chris is talking about, or uh, indeed what Tempered Ride is talking about, and you haven't heard last week's podcast, you need to go back and check out yes. what was uh, what was going on. Indeed, fellas. I, I, I think. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. That's <laughs> no, okay. I was, I was. I feel like we could have glammed that up a little bit. We could have made that more appetizing. We could have said, if you want to hear us talking about Catherine Zeta Jones's cancer pussy, just tune into wow. last week's episode. Glammed it up, nice. Can- yeah, cancer like, riddled. Yeah, let's get people fucking it's, charged up. It's almost like a sarlacc pit, and and I was uh, a sarlacc pit. Yeah, you know, I was the bounty that, hunter. I was. Is that the why it's got oh, tentacles coming out of it? Yeah, and like little chewy teeth. No, 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 no. Oh, what is it? Not to not to like lower the tone, but going back to like <laughs> lower the tone, lower the tone more than this. I was because I was thinking you were saying about uh, Catherine Zeta Jones and her. Um, I mean, I don't. She doesn't. And her lady parts. Her, but there was. I would not. I watched a documentary years ago, and it was about the fact that Wolverines mm. in where I don't know where they are. I can't. I don't know whereabouts they live. I can't remember. Who well, they're part of the MCU now. I think. But is it Australia? Or is it New Zealand? Not it's Logan. One, it's, it's one of yeah, those. One, it's one of those. It's one of those, whatever. Or are you um, just thinking of like fucking the Tasmanian devil? No, I'm pretty sure it's Wolverines. Or maybe Wolver- it's the Tasmanian devil. I don't know. A small nori one of creature. Them. Yeah. A small nori creature. There's a cancer that they have on their snouts. Like they get it and they get it from like biting each other's faces when they're getting it on. 
I think. Oh, so like they can they get a bit sexy and they like gnaw on each other's faces and they catch the cancer from each other and then it and then it infects around their faces Jesus. and they run off and give it. Okay, now you see, Jonesy, you, you've hit on something. Why didn't Zack Snyder use that as the genesis for his zombies in Army of the Dead instead of fucking cool. it could be aliens? <laughs> Do you know what's weird about the, the Wolverine, Tasmanian Devil, small nori creature thing is apparently the cancer that they all have is the same cancer from the original little nori creature that had it. And it's actually just those cells from that creature that gets passed on to another another one and it grows. So that if you get if you get like a DNA sample of the cancer, it's actually from the original host. So what you're it. saying is that they couldn't contain themselves. They couldn't hold themselves back long enough with the fucking to let the cancer what, die what, out. What I'm saying is it's only a matter of time before we've all got a bit of Catherine Zeta-Jones in all of us. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Or okay. a, bit, a bit of us in Catherine Zeta-Jones. Take it the other way. I've seen that movie. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway. I've just got weird images running in my head now of like... Look it up. Tasmanian Devil... I don't, see, no, I don't know if I want to look it up because doesn't, doesn't that require me watching Wolverine's fucking? That sounds yeah, like some weird maybe. bestiality shit. Jones is just... I'm going to check what animal it was. Was it? I mean, you could do it, right? Casually open another tab, watching animals fucking while he's talking. You could do it, though, right? Yeah, it is. It's Tasmanian devils. They have a a gruesome facial cancer. Because I hear about that. Sad. Sad. Because, I mean, (laughs) Wolverine did fight Wolverine in Logan. So it's just a matter of time until the technology catches up to make him fuck. That's true. Well, and then he's going to gnaw someone's face. If you do a little bit of Googling, you may well find that there is a charity <laughs> set up to support these poor, poor Tasmanian devils with face cancer. Mm. But an equally important cause I think you'll find uh, is our Patreon. It's uh, the thing we use to get extra money for this podcast and how we spend it is none of your business, but I can guarantee you uh, goes a long way in the UK <laughs> drug market. The link that you need to know, patreon.com forward slash super show. And uh, we've got some shout outs, boys. Uh, to oh, the folks love it. above and beyond in supporting our cocaine habits. So shout out this week to Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Jesper Cam, Dahl Nielsen, Jovella Cujo, Leo Merger, Lolly Thompson, Magic Grits, Mindful Pig, Nathan Pierce, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, Zach underscore Cream, the creamiest, Shellshock, Axel Book Read, Manuel. Oh, I should I should note, sorry, like that th- these are the big boys. I forgot to do the thing where we say that there's there's two groups and the big boys this week. The uh, the 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 Don Corleones, I the guess Don, you call them Don Cheadles. The, the Don Cheadles of the Patreon. <laughs> Shellshock, Axel Book Read, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, the Dude Bides, and Jamie is a penis boy. Oh, sorry, no, that shouldn't have sorry, that shouldn't have been in there. That was that's, that's, a, that's a typo? Yeah, that was my bad, sorry. Okay, clearly copying and pasting things from the wrong documents. Maybe your personal diary, your sort of like your evening reflections. I'll never tell. Well, uh, good, because I don't fucking want to know. <laughs> Do you know what else seems like something I don't really want to know about, given yeah. that it's been E3 this week? What fucking video games we've played? Because if ever there are a week where it seems slightly redundant, um, we should be it would watching, be now. Yeah. Not playing. Exactly. We've all, we should have been well, have but- our, had our heads deep in streams, but... Fellas, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go first on this one. I'll bite the bullet because I was catching up on streams as much as I could in between parenting, which didn't leave a lot of time for gaming, uh, unfortunately. But I did do some more Dark Souls. You've heard about me talk about it too much, so I'm not going to go into it. Uh, but yeah, uh, just some streaming. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Hopanic. Still like Dark Souls. Looking forward to Elden Ring. Go, you guys. Follow and subscribe 
so, uh, what's it? Twitch.tv forward slash hot panic. There is what? a schedule there. He may or may not stick to it. I um, haven't stuck to it in like two months. <laughs> uh, well, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been battling cancer. Fuck off. Counts, counts, snout, Chris has got snout, Chris has got fucking snout Wolverines, cancer. everyone. <laughs> Again, all the more reason, patreon.com forward slash super show, support Chris's snout cancer. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Can we get a GoFundMe or something? Like, yeah. GoFundMe, Chris has got snout cancer. Yeah, this, this chemotherapy is expensive, bro. Bestiality enthusiast Chris fucked a Wolverine till he got snout cancer, and now <laughs> he needs your help. Your is in all caps. Um, I played a new video game this week, um, but. I don't want to take away his thunder because Jonesy also played this new video game and he played this new video game before me, chronologically speaking. So Jonesy, what did you think about this hot new video game? Hot um, new video game. I really liked it. This is, of course, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which came out on fr- last Friday. I can't even remember when it actually yeah. came out. It'll be a week old by the time this podcast goes mm. live. Um, I was, you know what? It was one that I wasn't sure whether I was going to get, but having watched some reviews and heard people talk about it and how just epic this game looked on the PlayStation 5, I was like, do you know what? Let me pick this up. Let me have a little play. Um, so I just, I also I decided I could get it so that um, my five-year-old could play it with me. Uh, and he's actually played a decent amount of it, um, which has been pretty cool. It's like one of the first games that we've actually been able to sort of sit down and play together where he can, I can just give him the controller and he can play it. Whilst, bless him, the controller's <laughs> massive in his little hands. It makes it quite tricky to hold both sticks at the same time. But, um, no, a very good looking game. I've really been enjoying it. I'm I'm sort of concurrently playing it. So he's playing it on like average difficulty and blah, 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 doing whatever. So I'm playing it on the performance RT mode, like with the difficulty cranked all the way up to just give it a little bit more... You know, you need a bit more from some of that combat. A bit more zhuzh in the combat. It's a little bit... We had one section where my, my kid was standing around, like, going, what do I do, Daddy? Where do I go? And all these, uh, like, crocodile things and little whatever aliens are shooting at him. None of them were hitting him. I was like, okay. <laughs> the, uh, the the average difficulty mode on this is very forgiving. Um, I think he got hit, like, once. So I was, yeah. But I've been playing it on the, like I said, performance <laughs> RT mode. And that is probably the way to play it. It's like 60 frames a second, it's a lot more snappy. It doesn't have all of the bells and whistles that you have in the full-on like fidelity mode, but I prefer it just for how it feels. But yeah, it's it's a very, very good-looking game. You maybe lose a bit by not playing in that fidelity mode because it does look like a, an animated movie. It looks it looks really, really good. It looks very, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's... Although I've had some weird moments with it, I'm not going to lie, where it's kind of... I'm sure it's just like typical video game buggy stuff, but I've had a few, I've had a few issues with um, enemies, like not attacking you and things, which is kind of weird. I had a couple of set pieces where I think it was supposed to be quite a few enemies attacking you on screen at any one time, and they just kind of stood about. And then I just jumped down and started attacking them, and then they would notice me for a few seconds and then kind of forget I was there again. Yeah, but hold on. In what world do you live in where a game doesn't ship with some form of bug? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just like video game. I think it's just video game typicalness, really. Yeah, and if exactly. I'd have reset and restarted, I think it would have been fine. But I know I've only seen that maybe twice. It's not a. It's not yeah. a recurring. I, I, I haven't seen that at all personally. Right. So it's, it's, it's yeah. It's like I said. It's a pretty minor thing. I've only seen it twice. Um, in the the whole time of playing, but it is a very cool game. It's got some. It's one of those things where you we were talking about this before with say like Miles Morales and the PlayStation Five. I think it's a game that you kind of have to get if you've got a ps5 you're gonna enjoy it it's gonna it's gonna look great it's gonna play well it's a very cool world i like what they've done with the characters um 
the introduction of uh, Rivet is very welcome. That's, um, and there's some, yeah, there's some cool stuff. So, yeah. Jamie. I know I, I agree with pretty much everything you said about it. I think like it's a real, just a, a tour de force of what the PlayStation 5 Ooh. can do in terms of visuals, in terms of, uh, you know, dual sense support and dual sense compatibility. Did you, um, um, did you play it on Performance RT? I, no, I've been playing on the, the visuals mode. I don't really know. So I've been playing at 30 frames a second. I, I definitely think 60 would be preferable. I did do a little switcheroo at the beginning just to get a feel for, and it was hard to go back. But like Jonesy said, I know the Pixar movie analogy is, is as old as time itself, but it does fit with this game. We're getting closer and closer to that reality. And sometimes it is, it really is like, like stop moving the character and spin the camera around and, yeah, yeah. you know, drink it all in levels of beautiful. Um, and then just to back up the other thing that Jonesy said, I've actually been surprised by how much I've enjoyed some of the character moments, the inclusion of uh, Rivet, who's the kind of the female Lombax and a few other characters who I won't, you know, I won't make any specific call-outs for the sake of spoilers, but just been impressed with some of the, the character moments. Some of that has been fun. Not necessarily funny, but fun in a way that I can imagine a child enjoying, but an adult can too. And after all, isn't that what it's all about, right? Absolutely. Mm. There so we you, go. So you're saying this is Shrek? <laughs> it's not as funny as Shrek. How about that? Nah, but, it, but it looks fucking better than Shrek, and it runs in real time. So <laughs> how about that? Um it's, it's it's a really very good game and and yeah like Jesse said as someone who owns a PS5 and still <laughs> a little bit thirsty for exclusive PS5 software it was kind of a no brainer and it's kind of just delivered everything I I hoped it would it's a very good game and uh, yeah I, I I'm I couldn't recommend it highly enough for anyone who is even remotely interested um, mm. with that though I was meaning to ask Jonesy. I know you and I have both played sort of one other small thing this week, but they do kind of tie into our E3 wrap-up. So should we maybe leave them until they kind of come up again? And then um, yeah, and then go yeah, into one. a little bit more detail. Ooh, well, in fact, one I, of them is going to come up basically immediately. I like it. I like it. It's kind of like, um, you know, get, getting a little bit of moisture to Catherine Zeta-Jones before, you know. You've you got to lube her up. She's an old lady. <laughs> I'm sure that sounded great, but um, there we go. Anyway, we, how would you go from Catherine Zeta-Jones' <laughs> fucking thing to E3? How are you meant to do that? We might be the only people on planet Earth who have to do that transition this year. I, I think. Uh, I, I mean, you did it yourself, to be fair. Yeah, I, I think what people haven't realised yet. Old lady, she's fifty-one. You see, pe- people have kind of like when they've oh, been talking about it having. Are you still dried up at thirty? Isn't that how it works? Science. Wow. I dried up at thirty. I must admit. Well, what were you going to say, Chris? It's like sandpaper down there. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that like a, a lot of people that listen to this podcast or watch the podcast, they come up with drinking games, you know, like however many times we say fucking in the middle of a word or whatever it is. But what people haven't realized is the main drinking game is every time you think to yourself, are these guys purposefully trying to get canceled? That's when you need to take a drink. And, you know, I've just opened up a new dimension for people. We're right? so milk toast. I don't think we have a... Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I legit... I'm with Josie. I don't think we... First of all, there aren't enough people that sort of rely on us for us to get cancelled. Like, there are no <laughs> sponsors. There's no brands on the line. You know, we're all just random. And, and also, like... Every time Jamie tries to get us cancelled anyway, we just cut it out. So it's this, is, this is true. This is true. No, because I, I've got to say up front, for anyone that's going to start some fucking conspiracy theory now, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> SP64. 
I've only ever had shit cut out when I've done it accidentally. Like I've been out of touch and not known that something was wrong. Can we agree on that? Yes. I don't, I don't drop slurs in fucking recordings. No, Jamie no. didn't know that you weren't supposed to kill the hooker after sleeping with her, and this we had true. to point out that in fact you're supposed to leave them alive. And yeah, in so fact you're supposed out. to kill the hooker before you sleep with her. That's how you get your health back. Yeah. Kill them first. Yeah. Well, no, you kill them after, then you get your money and your health. No. Chris saying Chris saying kill them first. Yeah. Or oh, here's a here's a wild card. Yeah. Pay them and send them on their way. Has Gentle, anyone ever done that? Gentleman Jones. <laughs> I, I put them and send them on their way. Has anyone ever that, done that in a GTA game? That ever? sounds like they something that we'd have just like, walk off into the sunset. If we had had the careers we'd had but started 10 years earlier, well, that sounds like we'd have, something we'd have pitched to Machinima. Gentleman <laughs> Jones, where Genji <laughs> fucks hookers in GTA 4 and then lets them walk away. <laughs> I, I, I would love to know. Hey, that could, that could be a giant bomb a... series now. So you know, <laughs> never, never say never. No. As, as, does anyone let them walk away? I mean, because they're just walking off with your cash. It's really hard to let no, them I'm going to go one step it. further. Like, no one fucks hookers anymore in GTA, right? Like, not anymore. Or GTA not 5 anymore. was like, I'm going to fuck a hooker. You don't need... It's not like a can super you? viable way no, to get I, health I, back. I think, I can think you, you do it? I think, you, I think you can. Yeah, you can. But I think you do it... it whenever a GTA game comes out, you do it to see... What the anim- what what no what the pro- like how have they animated what they've what they've done with it? Oh right, oh, right. you do it yeah. once oh, for the experience. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. and then when you're finished, you 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 know you you inflect on yourself and you get a little bit depressed, and it's the the you know the the post ejaculate depression yeah. comes out, and you're like, I'm not going to do that again until the next time you boot up. I get it, I get it. Yeah. I think, are they going to show it? Is it? There's another podcast I listen to where are they going to show it as a running joke referring back to when everyone was a kid and bought like or rented copies of Leisure Suit Larry and it's like, <laughs> are they, they going to show it? Are they going to show it? Because you never know if you're going to see a nip or not. And nine times out of ten, you're not. Are, are I they going to show it? Wasn't it God of War 3 <laughs> where they had, where they did? Yeah, but even God of War, they're pussies. The chicks sit there, Kratos fucks yeah. them, and it cuts away to something else. It's like, watch the candle wobble, the wax falls down. Kratos <laughs> yeah, game in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's not such a god anymore. Yeah, press, exactly. Press like, X to thrust. Yeah, if, if Baldur was really trying to get under Kratos' skin, he would make a joke about how he fucking comes in 10 seconds. <laughs> Brett is just busting up like, <laughs> like immediately after starting. That's probably how he ended up getting a trace. Wow. <laughs> just can't hold See? it. See? Fuck Dark Horse. Get me to write the comic book prequels to all your shitty games. I come up with the real skip anyway. Wow. Um, E3 happened last week. <laughs> uh, there were loads of shows and loads of games. And uh, in the little bit of downtime before Summer Games Fest and Ubisoft, which was kind of the next big show that had eyes on it, there were a couple of small low-key events, one of which was Day of the Devs, which didn't have too many eye-catching games, but Jonesy, I know that you have made a little bit of time inside the last two hours to play an indie <laughs> game that I did, to be fair, have my eye on, Road 96, which I think for anyone who had uh, maybe seen the trailer in the past and forgotten, was kind of the choose-your-own-adventure hitchhiking game, right? Yeah, so it's, it's one that we've talked about quite a few times, actually, and uh, it's one that... Um, has been quite interesting since we first saw um, trailers for it and stuff. I think probably in my end, a lot of it is to do with the idea of the branching storyline and the make your own adventure. And we, you know, often when people say that and say they're going to put that in a game, you often think, oh, okay, so how much are you actually going to be able to implement? How is this actually going to function? But um, no, I think I've I've had a, 
a bit of a soft spot for the idea that is Road uh, Road 96 for a while. And there's a demo, a limited time demo, which ends on the 22nd of June. Um, you can head over to Steam and pick up um, and play. And you get to you get to play uh, a little bit of the... Uh, get get an idea for the game. It's a very short demo, so you can get a bit of an idea of the game. Um, and I thought I would hop in and have a bit of a play. Sort of just, you know, see what's going on. See what, see... Uh, I suppose I was trying to get a feel for the actual um, the game itself, how it's going to play, how it feels, and it actually does feel a little bit. And I thought it might kind of like Firewatch in how you Ooh, what it looks yeah, like, baby. sing that you, sweet sweet song, how you move around. Um, but actually, the demo is quite cool because it does introduce the idea of uh, how you're going to interact with the environment, how you're going to talk to characters. It's a very character-driven narrative game whereby you're sort of traveling. <laughs> for people that don't know, I'll give you a really brief outline. You're a young teenager who's traveling to, uh, I don't know, maybe like 14 or something. You're traveling to the border to escape a sort of city-state that you live in that is um, a bit of a dictatorship and there are sort of protests, riots, whatever going on. Um, and from the demo which i didn't appreciate before there is some political messages in there and you've got to sort of decide whether you're with the uh the resistance or whether you're not and which is a little bit like it'd be interesting to see how that stuff plays out um but one of the the thing to me that really stands out is that it is a very uh strong character piece whereby everyone you come across has their own little arc their own little story the reason they're on the road how you interact with them how do you even interact with them at all um and what that game, the idea behind the game and why there are thousands of ways to play it is because you could maybe get in a car with somebody to travel along the road to get to the border, which is where you're going. Um, and you could spend a little bit of time with them. You could spend a lot of time with them. You could piss them off and then they become like angry with you and you end up getting into weird situations with them. Or, hey, they just take you 10 miles down the road, drop you off, and then you've got to get further up the road to some other house so you can... It's, it's really a branching, like I said, a branching storyline. It's a very interesting game. It's pretty intriguing. And the demo does do a good job of expanding upon how it's going to actually operate. So you get to play like a vertical slice of very early game where you're in a car with a young kid called Alex and you're chatting and talking about stuff. Um, and then you sort of go right ahead, speed ahead to a much later point in the game whereby you are sort of the side of the road going up to a gas station petrol station whatever you want to call it um and you have a run-in with the police who are trying to round up teenagers who are trying to escape the city state and you've got dialogue options and you can effectively have an impact on how that plays out and how you get out of the situation if you do get out of the situation and the demo even uh, explicitly says to you um this demo is not supposed to be played once you can play it through multiple times and you can experience right, yeah. the branching or the varied storyline for yourself yeah. and you can see how different it is for you so not um yeah really positive things from me from the demo it is very short but like i said it's supposed to be played multiple times it's a good look um like yeah firewatch look at feeling anything like firewatch in any way is never a bad thing right is, um, is that what drew you to it though jones because th this is what Jamie was kind of alluding to earlier or what we were both alluding to where you sometimes come out with these games. You're like, I, I played that game and I really liked it. And we would not think that road 96 would be a Jonesy game. Hell no. Hell no. Oh, I said, you know what? Firewatch I really enjoyed. I, I was surprising sort of surprisingly. So I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did. Um, I think for me, it's the, you mix a couple of things together. So it's the, it's sort of the look of Firewatch um, and possibly some of the way that game feels to play. Yeah. Um, but then you tie in the branching narrative, the build your own story. I, th I also think it's a really clever concept that they've said, 
Because the problem with branching games, right, is that you can go anywhere. You start point A, and by the end of the game, you've got this epic tree of possibilities, yeah, which is yeah. horrendous. But they've kind of done something really clever in this, that they've they've attached that whole tree to a road, because the whole game is you go from point A to point B. Yeah. So the way to sort of keep you on course and stop the game getting too unwieldy and saying, hey, we, we've gone mental, we can't really make this game, they've stuck it to a physical road. And they've got characters who go along that road. So so Jamie might meet someone in the first 10 miles, but I might meet them, you know, 50 miles down the line. It might Stranger be Stranger danger. I'm doing the no conversation <laughs> playthrough. <laughs> well, there you, well, there you go. Then that might give you a bit of your an interesting playthrough on its own. The, the one thing for me that is going to, is a question that sort of remains to be sort of answered is how far does it branch from that dynamic of right. travel down the road, meet the characters, do whatever. Does it go completely left field? I mean... I feel like that's the question on every single choice and consequence game that's ever been made, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I go cool. Paragon, will it make a difference? Yeah. How <laughs> many blue cheeks can I find? Let's get it out of the way. Um, cool. And yeah, I'm glad you pointed out that that demo is available on Steam because that's something I've kind of overlooked. A bunch of demos available on Steam, a bunch of demos yeah. available on Xbox, including Tunic, and a couple more on PlayStation and Xbox that we'll get to in the future. Um, I think I want to say that uh, Road 96 demo is also available on Switch, I think. I know, I know the demo is I'll double-check that. Um, this is a bit unconventional um, mm. because we don't really have such a thing as production notes in the show because once we start recording, we're talking to each other as much as we are talking to the folks at home. I'm just going to say that if every single game in this uh, little spreadsheet of ours is a Road 96, this is a seven-hour-long podcast we got coming. So, um, Hey, you got to do what I did last week. It was like, you heard about this game? Uh, yeah, bro, okay, uh, let's move on. Bro, I'm I'm not I'm uh, yeah, but I'm not an interrupter. I can do that for games that you guys have nothing to say about. But, but don't worry, we, I, I won't I won't bang on like I did. Well, we should do is we should demo. We should invest well. in like a like a an on-screen ticker timer of like a minute, and we can as soon as soon as uh, you talk about a game for longer than a minute, your microphone cuts out. You just it's like the Oscars. goldfish. Yeah, exactly. Cut, cut to the, the music. music, you know. <laughs> I thank God um, and my mom. Well, the good news is that the fucking Germans or whatever the fuck they are over at Koch Media provided absolutely fuck hey. all to talk about. Hey, cock. 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 You know, I watched part of the stream and that was a mistake, but the lady, <laughs> and she, admittedly she was English, she said Koch. Which, Did she? I don't know. Yeah, but then she might not know what the fuck she's so, talking about. Okay, she so didn't hold on. like she was meant to be there. In, I don't know if, it, if it's the same here, okay, because when I was using the slang, I was not living in the UK. But in South Africa, to cotch is to vomit. Oh, no, in England, to cotch is like to sort of like set up and rest somewhere. So if is you it? were, yeah, like that. if you were to like cotch on the train floor, <laughs> like you would just sit down and like on the train floor. Well, take my meaning on that one. Take my meaning on that one, buddy. <laughs> Oh, it's just um, crotched all over the train floor. No, 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 that sounds dumb as shit. Look, he's, co- uh, he's cotched on someone coaching on the train. <laughs> well, basically, look, coach, cock, whatever they are, they cock. didn't bring anything from Deep Silver, which means they didn't have anything. Cock. They, they were basically, to set to set the, the tone here, they were one of like a handful of studios that basically used their E3 slot as a big recruitment, come and work for us, drive one, not showing any games. Hold on, are you talking um, about fucking deviant? Deviation dementia I'm, I'm games. T- I'm talking about the most deviate, deviated septums going, buddy. I'm talking about the cock. Deviate, <laughs> deviated cocks. Um, and for anyone wondering if Payday 3 was there in any real shape or form, again, like if it wasn't, it was a dude talking and they showed <laughs> clips of a game that looked like Payday 2, but was probably Payday 3, technically. <laughs> then it was Ubisoft time. And Ubisoft, if there's anything we know about Eve, is that he loves games. 
So um, everyone buckled up. Beyond Good and Evil 2, Skull and Bones. Uh, it was all coming back. Uh, we were ready for it. No, I'm joking. Um, they kicked off with Rainbow Six Extraction, which... Uh, is the new one to three player co-op shooter in the Rainbow Six universe, whereas instead of fighting other operators, you're fighting infected alien thingies. Um, we saw gameplay for the first time. It's coming out in September, and it sounded, Chris, like we all came away from it feeling pretty positive. Man, yeah, I, like surprisingly so. Uh, I think I think we mentioned it in the um, the WhatsApp group, our, our chat group that we've got going, like surprising that it's it had more in common with gtfo than anything else totally. um totally. and and i think i think that's cool but it, it also you see this is this is where the cynicism comes in fellas all right <laughs> you because, be soft it's okay you're allowed <laughs> okay because because like an indie dev comes up with this like great idea in in the example of gtfo and take it take it across the board like with other ideas and it always feels that like Big big studios, they they see that and they say, that's a good idea. We're going to take our highly successful IP and just do that. And then all of a sudden what happens is the fucking GTFOs of the world get forgotten because they're not as mainstream as, say, a Rainbow Six Extraction from Ubisoft. And that makes me feel bad for the GTFO guys. But having yeah. said that, this does look like a hell of a lot of fun. It is a lot more surprising in their presentation of how they were doing it. So so the GTFO thing of being like your PVE, but you're almost starting off a little bit stealth before the environment gets right. alerted of your presence and then shit just goes yeah. fucking haywire. Um, I, guess even, yeah. I guess even like tactics and gadgets make it a little bit more GTFO than say Left 4 Dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is what some people thought. But... Uh, you know, trying to get over the cynicism. Like I said, I thought it looked pretty fucking sweet. Uh, one of the highlights of the show for me of, of Ubisoft. Yeah, Josie, you were pretty jazzed as well. It felt like more, perhaps more so than you thought you'd be. Yeah, I thought this was something I wouldn't look at at all. Um, Rainbow Six Siege isn't something I've played outside of like the years ago when we played it together briefly at one point. In the, in the um, beta, dude. Yeah, exactly. Where I, uh, where I repelled down through a grenade and repelled down onto the grenade and killed myself. <laughs> yeah, you did. I will never forget that. Um, Quality. And that's not, that's nothing against the game. That's just a, it's it's not it's the sort of thing that I think I left it too long to get into, and then it was the barrier to entry, and it's the fact that oh, you're going to play against people that are so much better than you. <laughs> Is there any point? You're never going to stick with it. Like, what's the point? But when you go PVE with a game like this, I think they've actually done something quite clever in that people like me that weren't really interested in getting into the PVP stuff and found it not very accessible, um, especially this far down the road and with all the the expansions <laughs> and the additional stuff that's come out and what they've done with that game. Um, I think this is a really smart move and to implement it in the way that they've done it, like it looked wicked. I, yeah. I was surprised how much I like the look of it. Um, not only that, they've also managed to, as Chris was saying, they've brought across uh, a lot of those skill sets and things that the operators can utilize in Siege um, and they've just moved them into this game. So it's going to feel yeah. very... Um, I think you're going to be able to go from one to the other quite easily. It's going to You're going to feel at home if you're a Siege Jones player it. and if you're not, I think you're going to be yeah. into it as well. It's a gateway drug. Right, it's, it's, it's a gateway drug. It's, it's getting people Maybe. like you and potentially me who look at Rainbow Six Siege and say, you know what, that looks cool, but I could never get into it now. It's too late. But then you get into Rainbow Six Extraction, you're learning all the fucking characters, right? 
Yes, true, learning yeah. what they and do. How they and operate and how they work. And all of things. a sudden, then, you know, maybe there's a little fucking in-game like, banner oh. that says, come, come try out Siege. Maybe using a sledgehammer against real humans would be just as fun <laughs> as it is against the aliens. Like, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I've, I suppose one of the things with with this sort of game, I always wonder, but it, but it's the same with any PvE game, you know, um, Back for Blood and uh, is another one that I would have thought the same thing, is what's going to keep me coming back? Like, if it's just going to be me and two mates get, going in there, um, getting into an environment, facing uh, the aliens, and then extracting, getting out again, like, I, I want to know more about what's going to keep me coming back, what's going to push me to replay, keep replaying. Because it kind of makes more sense to me with I'll, PvP I'll, stuff. I'll tell you, jo- uh, Jonesy, microtransactions. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. I, I, I think, though, that Jonesy, you kind of hit on an interesting topic there, and I think it's one we're going to continue coming back to because I was genuinely stunned. And bef- I'm saying this now before either one of you says, oh, one to three player cup, we have to play it when it comes out. The amount of sort of games that are really gunning for that co-op shooter, left for dead-like space that are coming out in the next two years, Kind of mind blowing, and yeah. we're just we're not going to play all of them straight How up. How many not. fucking Left 4 Dead are there fucking coming right. out? It's mad. I, I don't know. Like, the, I imagine how it feels to be Turtle Rock or whatever they're called right now. Like Turtle the Left 4 Dead guys yeah. decide to make a Left 4 Dead game, and then everyone else is like, "What if we made a Left 4 Dead game?" Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Um, and Chris, I was going to make a joke there that um, you you mentioned how Rainbow Six Extraction could come along and sort of eat gtfo's lunch so to speak yeah um and but for the, when it comes to ubisoft trying to get their foot in a door in a rising shop subgenre two or one and a half words come to mind in the form of hyperscape a uh a game that you might have noticed wasn't mentioned once yeah, in Jesus. the entire fucking press conference. i think that game's dead already yeah i've been it. saying this for months <laughs> and you always take the piss out of me i've said nobody plays hyperscape outside of the streamers that are like paid no, to play no you, you're getting confused the game that we have uh, that argument about is valorant not hyperscape yes correct. oh sorry do you know valorant what no, you're right chris you're and right. i defend that's bad. Sorry, yeah. I forgot Hyperscape existed. <laughs> That's why I, I, I think the main thing about this Ubisoft conference right. was the games that weren't there were kind of louder than the games that were for Ooh, a lot of, a a lot of conference. That's a good point. Right. And, 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 and on another point that what Jonesy said is how good it uh, Rainbow Six Siege Extraction, Rainbow Six Extraction looked in terms of like how it played and the, the way they demoed it. I kind of feel like you know, props to Ubisoft because they always make their games seem a lot more engaging than they actually turn out to be. Yeah, they they do. Pro- is that props to Ubisoft? Like, In a way, I, I mean, it, they, they've mastered that craft, if you want. Yeah, the marketing of their stuff is, is I think, is very... Like, like every time they show off a game. Yeah, every time they show off a game and you're like, oh, look at that. Oh. Except for the weird thing they have about fucking up when it comes to politics. But apart from that, they <laughs> oh, do yeah. pretty well. They do yeah, pretty well. Yeah. But anyway. Well, an area they're going to try and return to in the near future is the music scene, <laughs> which long dead, but they're going to try and bring it back a little bit with Rocksmith Plus, which is bringing a kind of subscription service to the whole guitar tutorial <laughs> thing. Jonesy was angry because you need to bring your own guitar to learn guitar. Who'd have thought? How dare they? Do you know, what? Do you know why I'm they? angry? Because I want another rock band game or Guitar Hero. And every time someone mentions a game, like something about music, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, hey, Jonesy, can, I, can I break it down for you? And I, and I actually, I'm, t- I'm talking to everyone, but I'm also kind of technically talking to you. Do you know the best way that would the best way would have been to show that you wanted another Guitar Hero or Rock Band game? By either of the last Rock Band or Guitar Hero games. And you didn't either. 
I did. I bought. Um, no, I don't think I bought either of the lot. Last ones. I can't remember which one was the last one. Moving on. I bet you it was Rock Band <laughs> 3. But no, no, yeah, let's fucking move on. Because you know what? Rock Band 3, yeah. Rock, Rock, Rocksmith Plus is cool. But you know what's even cooler? Air Guitar Hero. Move on. Air Guitar Hero. Yeah. Air Guitar. Air Guitar. I'm, I'm, missing the, I'm missing the joke. Just is this just, is this just, your way of saying you just enjoy walking around your living room pretending to play the guitar? Like, yeah. That, that's your favorite video game. I, 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 Take my trousers off and I strum my banjo string. You know what, Chris? Taking your trousers off would make you the perfect fit for a character that looked like they should be riding a BMX in Riders Republic. Hey. The latest downhill multiplayer. The king I don't know of what the, the segways. Uh, nice. You know what? He serves like them it. up. I drop them down. <laughs> Riders okay. Republic. That looks cool. Riders Republic, another game that got Jonesy's dick card, apparently. It looked mm-hmm. like. This is look cool since they announced it. Like, I'm surprised more people aren't into this. I thought I'd say the thing that it's got going for it is that when they did the whole steep snowboarding thing a couple of years ago, I looked at that and said, "Okay, fine, but snowboarding alone, like a an SSX with no personality, doesn't get people into that game." Yeah, this is not only reinjecting the personality, admittedly in the kind of the overly colorful corner Ubisoft way, but also adding in all kinds of other sports and like when you've got the, the wing gliding or the, uh, the wingsuit stuff and the BMX stuff, and you've got shots of what looked like 100 people going down a hill on a BMX at the same time. Like there's something to that. I can see how that looks fun. Totally. I, I just wonder again, what the longevity is mm-hmm. like, okay. Yes. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You're probably playing to unlock stuff, but besides that, just I mean, going down a hill, mate. I mean, you've got, you've got, uh, this is a really reductive thing to say, I know, and it, I, I hope this doesn't sound as stupid as it sounds in my head, but like, they're hoping to have the same draw as Rocket League has, which is the people keep playing it because it's fun, right? Like, the ideal situation for Riders Republic ah, is but hold on, hold on, playing hold on. it for the sake of playing it. Because, because with Rocket League, you can get some insane levels of skill going on there. Will, will Riders Republic have the same? Like, I, true, true. I, the skill ceiling I, will probably not be anywhere. I don't know. I, I feel like this game would probably kick off with a bang and then fizzle out just as fast. I don't know, you know, because with this, at least maybe the skill thing is obviously you can't do things in the same way you can Rocket League and skills, but yeah. you can win races. <laughs> and if, you, if you're talking about like knife edge, like, you know, 0.01 of a second between winning a race and, there's, and it gets very competitive, I can see a lot of people coming, to, like sticking with it and playing it just to be the best. Um, whereas Rocket League is more you're demonstrating in a game the skill obviously you've got. This you demonstrate your skills by winning, and if you can win and you get those um, cosmetic unlocks, I think you can upgrade your like. If you're doing the BMX racing, you can get like a BMX frame. If you're doing the wingsuit, you can get like different upgrades and things. I can I can see people sticking with this just to be the best. But I think you make a really good point, which is you need other people to stick with it in order to make, keep that viable. Yeah. The second people start dropping off and it and that kind of competition wanes, I think the game dies. But you hopefully they've got a long period of time whereby people are interested. They're being competitive. We'll they're racing. So, yeah. yeah. One I, other thing that I'm not sure about, and you guys maybe you've you've read more about, know more about than me, but I really hope that game ends up being almost like an open world area where you can go around to a different thing and pick. Like, I'm going to do BMXing. I'm going to do snowboarding. They it showed worries- some footage of the menus, right? Like they showed some footage of someone choosing their event. Right. You keep talking, I'm going to look it up, and I'm going to tell you what it looks like. Is it, I can't remember the name of the world from, and we always go, oh, I'll come back to this too, too often, from Ready Player One, which is the, the Oasis. 
Oh yeah, I, yeah. I love the idea that you go into that game, you're walking around, and you go and so, choose your event physically. Like you, yeah. There is, there part. is. If you, if anyone, if you want to watch afterwards, Jonesy, you go to the gameplay overview trailer, which is really all this is. And there is a hub area with people either physically walking around or on bikes and so on and so forth. There's like a big sort of like bowl you can practice tricks in. There's a physical shop that people are walking up to. Um, it looks like there's like a food uh, truck. I don't know what okay. that sells, probably microtransactions. There's people, someone standing next to a map that's got the words Tricks Academy written over the top of it. I, so it I does, like it the does look like there is a physical hub with people yeah. hanging around in. That seems like that to me seems a really good way to make to keep you in the mindset of you're going somewhere where you can take part in all of these different sports and things. Yeah, if yeah. you get into that game and it's just menus after menus yeah. to choose your event, and you, most of the events are you know not a hundred people, they're ten or whatever, then it's then it kind of puts me off a bit and it makes me think, oh, this is not what they put, not what they're selling. Yeah, I, I guess actually speaking of player counts, is probably a good point to come clean and say that a lot of my predictions about free to play and ubisoft were incorrect uh rainbow six extraction riders republic and every game basically that ubisoft showed all full price uh in all territories and yeah. riders republic another september release september 2nd september so september's looking and, stacked we're gonna go into it but <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, September's God, like fucking chunky fucking hell, like getting ready for that christmas period of you know crazy game releases but even earlier than than usual yeah um it was a bit of DLC then that they were getting out of the way before they got to the heavy hitters. Assassin's Creed still getting DLC. Obviously, the dickheads like Aiden, Pierce, and Wrench are coming to Watch Dogs. <laughs> One piece of DLC that may have stood out, though, and Josie, I think you had your eye on this, Far Cry 6's DLC got laid out, uh, all part of the season pass. What's notable is that they are bringing back villains from the previous centuries, 3, 4, and 5, in the form of Vars, Pagan Min, and I think Joseph Seed. Uh, it looks like they are going to get DLC missions that are kind of weird head trip things set inside the minds of those dudes. That was my interpretation of it, at least. It looked cool. That that trailer looked. That trailer I mean, looked really cool. And and I, yeah, yeah. I, it, 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry, go on, man. No, because I'm still processing my thoughts and trying to talk the same. Time. It's really a good combination. All right, I'm, I'm going to say something that I said on on stream yesterday. Right when. It's going to be weird, but just bear with me, okay? Final Fantasy, Square Enix, they came out with Final Fantasy VII. It fucking hit those absolutely stratospheric heights, okay? And then every release after that, even though the releases might have been as good or for some people better than Final Fantasy VII, the general overall consensus is Square Enix never reached the heights of what Final Fantasy VII was. And I remember there was a point when Final Fantasy... 15 was coming up, but I think at the time it was still like Final Fantasy, some version of 13, right. right? Yeah, yeah. And some Japanese dude won a competition and managed to go on stage and accept something from like the head of Square Enix. And they're like, okay, well, you want to ask the head of Square Enix a question? And the guy turned around and said, and bear in mind, this was an event for that game coming out. He said, yeah, when's the Final Fantasy 7 remake coming out? And then in subsequent interviews the dudes at, final, at, at square enix were saying we don't want to release final fantasy 7 because it means we can never release anything better than that it's almost like admitting <laughs> defeat look what happened they released final fantasy 7 remake they're going their own path i think they've understood and kind of come to terms with it but when i see this because we've had far cry 3 we've had far cry 3 fucking remastered we've got far cry 3 the fucking vr experience and now we've got far cry 3 the dlc plus pagan min and joseph seed but it's almost like 
Far Cry 6 hasn't even fucking come out yet. And they're almost saying like, eh, forget about Far Cry 6. Look at this shiny new DLC. It just seems so bizarre to me. It's fucking weird. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think this DLC is a genius stroke of an idea. And I would probably have liked to have seen it as its own kind of entity rather than like a DLC attached to a Far Cry 6. But it's just, it blows my mind. That, like, this is the mentality of, like, this is the state of Ubisoft. On, on, on the flip side, though, Jonesy, as someone who has got a shrine to Vars <laughs> hidden in your basement with a lock of his mohawk there, bringing the whole piece together, do, uh, do you feel the same way? Or do, you, do you concede what Chris is saying while also being excited, or do you completely disagree? I, I don't disagree. Like I think there's a real issue with um, uh, devs in general. Um, where they have a problem whereby they're, they're measured, always measured against their most successful product. And I think that, I don't think that's just Square Enix. I don't think that's just Ubisoft. I think that is like across the board and companies are constantly trying to recapture, you know, a golden period when they were like top of their game, which is ironic because often it's not when they were at the top of their game. It's it's just something that people happen to remember being into. It and, just clicks, um, right? It was just the moment that clicked. Well, it, it, is, it is a moment that clicked, but also it's, <laughs> it's hindsight. Like, affecting yeah. us and rose tinted glasses making us go that was way better than it was and so i think the the, the you could say it's a problem ubisoft have is that people look back and say oh they're never going to do as well but also it's kind of an opportunity for them because they seem to have pivoted to do this thing where they've said we are known for having the best um antagonists in video games and people and you kind of just buy it you're kind of like actually yeah your antagonists are pretty good and then they tried to capitalize on it with this dlc which i do think is a good idea to bring back the characters you know um joseph c pagan min and vas because you, you, for one thing you're putting them all into the same bracket as vas which i don't think they probably are but you're saying <laughs> they're all as good as each other which is interesting you're keeping all of those stories alive and those threads alive they've got a new interesting sort of like as jamie was saying i guess it's almost like a um Oh, what'd you call it? Uh, not like when you're dead. It's like the in-between. What do you call that? Oh, purgatory. Limbo? Limbo. Pur- yeah, purgatory is what I was thinking. But limbo, purgatory, same sort of thing. And so it allows them to play with different things they haven't done before, whereby it's a lot more that they have, but not completely, which is like make it really trippy and make sort of weird stuff go on. Like you can do, they can do whatever they want in these games because they're not in the real world. Um, but we haven't even touched on it yet. The most exciting thing that in that little announcement for me was Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon is returning. And that was so much fun. Um, and uh, I'm, Yeah, I'm really but again, they, they didn't just call it like Far Cry Blood Dragon. They called Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon in this fucking trailer. Well, I think they're just going to do what they did to that Far Cry 3 that came out for PS4 like a couple of years ago. It's just going to be an up-res for new consoles. I think that's what it's going to be. Interesting, yeah. But what what about you, Jamie? Like, what? what... I mean, I I think I'm kind of between the two of you. Like, I think there is an element (laughs) of... um, I I don't know what it says about how to what extent Ubisoft are backing Far Cry 6 and I've forgotten (laughs) the dude's name now, which is not a good sign, but they're, they're new bad guy. But... You're right, because oh, no. we do you remember we talked last week about how it's funny how you rem- people remember Vars one way and actually he was probably more another. Yeah, um, and I think they are. He was only in half the game, not even. Bro, like, I, so I was thinking about this because I thought there was maybe a video idea in it, and so I did an experiment where I went and watched all the Vars cutscenes <laughs> in Far Cry Three, and that dude has. If you're being generous, because obviously there are parts of it like the prison escape or the camp escape early on where he's yeah. not actually on screen, but he's present like vast is maybe 15 minutes 15 minutes of one of the most quote-unquote iconic antagonists 
of like modern certain like modern shooter history. Let's say that's a yeah. reasonable way of putting it. And I think that maybe it, I can see why they'd be slightly bummed out that they're kind of trapped by that <laughs> and always having to live up to something that maybe they look back on and like, why do people want us to live up to this when they probably feel like they already exceeded it or went beyond it with maybe Pagan Men or Joseph Seed? Certainly, Pagan Men I actually kind of thought was pretty rad. Is this the solution? I don't think so. I think this is just a. I don't think this is them like just like cashing a check and moving on, but I think it's as close to as we can get. Yeah, but don't I, don't, I, don't you think that like if they're getting, you can understand a dev getting annoyed that people are always saying like, "Oh, Vars was your fucking pinnacle," right? Yeah. But isn't it equally as annoying for them to say? Oh, well, people think Vars is our pinnacle, so we're just going to keep on fucking going back to it instead of saying, guys, Vars was in Far Cry 3 and we're in Far Cry 6 now. Check out fucking Castillo, whatever his fucking name is. Like, this is the dude you should be focusing yeah, on. Yeah. Instead, they're fucking muddying the waters. I, I say, I, I don't think it muddies the waters too much. I think having this being the only kind of having this be at the same show is kind of weird. Like maybe I'd have waited a little bit longer, maybe even post release. Release the fucking game um, first. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I don't think too many people are going to go, Oh my God, fuck Anton Castilla. There's vast <laughs> DLC on the way. But I still think there is a little bit of like, if you're going to go back to it, do it in a way that looks like you're really taking on the challenge, challenging yourself and challenging that character, looking at it and say, okay, clearly people are drawn to this. Why? And what more can we root out? And I think like Jonesy kind of touched on this, having it be this purgatory idea, it kind of, it lets you explore fresh ground, but you can't fuck anything up. It's, yeah. it's an inconsequential, yeah. like for all four, three of these characters, like it's just, it, it's not even canon. If you want to use it, go into like fucking Star Wars territory about all this <laughs> stuff. Like it doesn't fucking matter. And Far Cry stuff has done trippy stuff well in the past. Yeah. But um, I just have, I just, I, I, I thought it, when Far Cry 5 came out, I thought the DLC all sounded far more interesting on paper than it actually was. Uh, you know, going back to Vietnam and shit on Mars. Like, yeah. shit that jumps off the page. How many people fucking played it? Not that many. Why? Because it was still kind of fucking Far Cry. Um, <laughs> which, do you, know what, do you know what the one thing you kind of don't want to do after finishing a Far Cry game? Play more Far Cry. Play that much more Far Cry. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm torn on this right down the middle. I hope they do those characters justice and come up with some really interesting ways to explore, you can, you can fundamentally, you can explore Vars in a more interesting way. Yeah. And you can use shit set inside his head to do it. And some of the shots they show, did you guys see the clips of like them flipping it where like that Jason Brody guy is like yeah. a bad guy and he's fucking yeah. with Vars. Those are cool fucking ideas. Yeah. Um, but, but this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The DLC looks really fucking cool to me. And how much do, how much interest do I have in Far Cry 6? Maybe three out of 10. How much interest do I have in Far Cry 6's DLC? Probably eight out of ten. That's a, I put wow. my tinfoil hat on for a minute though. Yeah. Oh, that's the best time. Here we go. Lock in. Well, because if you think about it, right, why we're saying it like why would you put the DLC up front like this before Far Cry Six? Why would you have it as DLC? Why would you not have it standalone? Why would you package it in the, the way that they've done it? And I think the reason is is because if you're at all worried about people saying, I'm not really in that into Far Cry Six, one way to get people to who who may be on the on the sort of a tipping point of buying it or not buying <laughs> it, hey, I get to play uh the the DLC and I can play as Vast and I can and all of that and you yeah. you sort of use that hindsight you use that rose tinted glasses to push people over the line to actually making a purchase and getting Far Cry 6 I think that's I don't, probably I don't why think that's tinfoil hat I think that's like yeah. marketing I think that's 100% why they're doing it yeah spot on yeah 
I want to um, think, and, um, before we move on, because they had a different Far Cry trailer, didn't they? They actually showed some more stuff from Far Cry 6. So this one was the, the cinematic trailer of Anton Castilla. It shows his son, the, pe- the one that people thought might be a young Vars, trying to escape ah, the was right, uh, yeah. country on a boat. And Anton Castilla comes down into the boat and basically tells his guards to shoot everyone. But obviously the protagonist, or who we now know as the protagonist of Far Cry 6, the female version of him, uh, was on that boat which suggests that maybe it's kind of like a little sort of like a prologue to the main story, the thing that gets our protagonist to take up arms against the evil man from The Mandalorian. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see what? what happens when you don't do what the game asks you to do and it gets, skips to the ending, of like a secret ending. Oh, oh, that, that's right. the, the shit I really love about Far Cry <laughs> games. Yeah, they've got to do a fake out ending. They have to, right? Yeah. That's like a trademark now. Here's a bit. I, wonder, I can't. Where was the? Because we did see more footage from the uh, gameplay footage from um, Far Cry Six itself, didn't we? But Microsoft slash Bethesda. Ah, well, okay. I won't. Shall I not talk about it now? Then. I mean, or shall I? So shall I just touch on it? Briefly? It's a Ubisoft game. Talk about it. It is a Ubisoft yeah, game. Well, no, I was. I was only going to say what like a couple of things, which was that um, <laughs> I think this is the first time from looking at Far Cry 6 it, um, specifically that I was I was actually getting more of a Far Cry impression and that I think they did a much better job with that gameplay trailer of actually getting me excited for how the game looks how it's going to play um, it was weird because it almost made me think it did a lot more for me in the sense of um, what That's I'm going to be doing transparency. <laughs> but it, it wasn't it really wasn't it was a lot more um, I can't. I, I don't know. I can't remember everything they showed now, but it just did. I think it just did more from what I was. So the the structure of it, if you remember, was like uh, uh, explaining roughly different approaches to missions. So it was like, oh, I'll go stealthy, and it showed some bow and arrow stuff. And it's like, or oh, you can blow shit up, and it's like, here's a rocket launcher, like here's oh, a long option. You get a sniper rifle, and and it was like, yes, that was it. And you, it was like, you need the you need the right tool for the job. Do you want to be yeah, this? Yeah. Do you want to be that? Was, I don't know. It just gave me a little bit more of a feel for that game as its own game, and it, and not sort of almost almost spelling out things that you can do in a Far Cry game, but the way they framed it made me think, okay, this is actually looking like a cool Far Cry game. And it's actually giving me in a sense of a bit more of a sense of how it's going to feel to play. And it got me a little bit more hype for it, which I haven't really felt to this point of the Far, of Far Cry 6. I was almost like a bit wishy-washy with it, but... I, I, I just was reminded of Far Cry 5 where it felt like every other trailer was flipping back and forth between... You know, a trailer team that went to the like the gameplay engineers to ask for uh, uh, advice, and a trailer that went to the to narrative team to ask for advice. And the narrative <laughs> team keeps saying, "Make it about the villain and how dangerous he is, and how we're not getting into politics." But look at all this politics. <laughs> and in the next trailer, they'll be like, "Well, what should this one be about?" It's like, "Why don't you tell everyone how the reasons it's about politics is because you just blow shit up for twenty five hours and the game ends." <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's very true. And it's like trailer one, trailer two, trailer one, trailer back and forth like A and B. And I don't know the game always ends up being the blow shit up version anyway. So why bother? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Ubisoft did end up with a couple of heavy hitters, uh, I guess, of, of sorts. Uh, <laughs> some mixed reactions uh, across the board. I don't yeah. actually know what uh, you guys are, where you guys are at with either of them, really, though, which is kind of exciting. So first up was a sequel to Marion Rabbids Kingdom Battle in the form of Marion Rabbids Sparks of Hope, oh. which has been officially revealed with this first trailer. Yeah. Le- and- leaked by Nintendo before the oh, yeah. fucking <laughs> by Nintendo, which is the, the funniest leak in the world because you can't get angry at the, like I there was someone I can't remember who it was but they were talking about how that conversation goes like Ubisoft go up to Nintendo and like so uh, looks like you kind of leaked that thing yeah 
yeah, what are you going to do about it? Like Nintendo probably just don't give a shit. Like, yeah, yeah. So what? We leaked it. Fuck you. Yeah. Nintendo. Um, but that game, that game looks good. It almost giving off some sort of. I don't want to say Mass Effect, but it's got it's taking some Super Mario Galaxy uh, inspiration and using that to blow up to a sort of a wider galaxy trotting adventure. Uh, obviously, expanded cast of characters. Looks like the gameplay's been tweaked a little bit. It looks like you can almost Chris is pulling faces. You looks like you can freely move around those kind of battle areas. And yeah, there's no there's no more, as, there's no more grid, so it's not as rigid. Exactly. I I, I does I is that to make it more kind of like user friendly for everyone i don't know yeah, um, probably more accessible it it's personality listen but chris I, yeah, why are you pulling faces mate they've given us the wrong fucking Gal- mario galaxy game i'm f- this is like no they haven't i i i, I want, I want I leg- a mario galaxy I, game where mario's got guns and that's this one listen <laughs> i legitimately legitimately feel like eve came into my house and slapped me with a fish this is ridiculous okay they 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 bred a rabbit with a loomy they made fucking rabid Rosalina, and she's like the 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 fucking dullest thing I've ever fucking seen in my. She's like bored of everything. She's got this stupid dopey fucking look on her face. The Rosalina, maybe the finest looking Mario wow. character to ever come out of Nintendo. Is and, this and, your way of saying you wouldn't fuck a rabbit? I'd fuck a Lumi. Uh, who wouldn't you, you know when when there's that big fat Lumi and it's like fill me up, baby. Lumis are basically like big pocket pussies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Pull them out, uh, fucking whenever you need. But no, big crush on 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 Rosalina. Big crush on Rosalina. I think she's the bomb. dot com. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like fair enough. But yeah, it's the wrong it's the wrong Mario Galaxy. It's Mario Galaxy three. It's the um, wrong Mario Galaxy. It's not even Mario. I've got to agree with Mario. I've got to agree with more what Jamie was saying. And that I played a I played a tiny bit of Mario. Um, Rabbids, the uh, original, and thought it was actually a really cool idea, even though I never got into it. And I actually thought <coughs> it was really fun. Yeah. Probably another one I won't get. <laughs> See, I, I got I got the first one, but I only played half of it. That's, it was. It yeah, looked like it would have been taxing on, t- like it would have been something that you play for a while, enjoy, and then after a while, you're like, I think I've had enough of this. It seems like it might be yeah, quite it had a, it had a bit of that, and so I hope this finds new ways to spice up the formula and kind of add more layers of the game but right we'll see but personally i'm not particularly offended by the use of mario galaxy ideas or imagery <laughs> <laughs> like i could i can wrap my head around it i mean i, um, I, I, I know what's going on i am so joking I'm, I'm, me, I'm okay with it do you okay. me about this glad we got the seal of approval Ship they kept, it, boys <laughs> they kept referring to it as well i guess it's his name but mario plus rabbits Yes, that's that's officially what it's called. But that was uh, that's a terrible name. Just call it Mario and Rabbids, Spark. Like what was Ooh, with the Oh, Jonesy, I hate arithmetic. Get over it. <laughs> but the way they enunciated every time. Wow, we've just seen a great new trailer for Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks. If I'm like, dudes, you need a better name. Like, come on yeah. now. That seems like a very Nintendo thing to have like an obnoxious name and refer to it like in those exacting terms at every single possible opportunity. Um, so Ubisoft embracing that, which is nice to see. And that game is out this year. So um, no, it's not. It's out next year. Is it out? It's out next year. Not long after Sparks of Hope debuted that new look trailer, there mm. were some some utterings, a few loose lips sinking ships over on Twitter. Um, because there are a few rumours headlined by one Jason Schreier of Forbes fame, which I'm still getting used to saying that, <laughs> that this was one of the games that 
had Nintendo perhaps been a little bit more gung-ho on announcing their new hardware, whatever shape or form that eventually takes, Ubisoft might have announced compatibility for it at the show. And in fact, some people have suggested that the trailer we saw and the gameplay we saw was running on some kind of newfangled, <laughs> super pro Nintendo Switch of the future. Do we think that's the case? I mean, it's hard to argue with if Jason Schreier implies something, it's very difficult for one of us to straight up say he's wrong. We've got no evidence, <laughs> obviously, but I mean he has, he has been wrong in the past. He's also been right in the past. Do you think he's do you think he's wrong in, in the in the present, Chris? I think it's entirely possible. And you know I'll that go, he's I'll, wrong. No, no, that he's right. I'll go out okay. on a limb and say that he is right. Because not only this, as we'll see later, I think looking at the Breath of the Wild trailer, uh <laughs> spoilers. And you think to yourself, mm, there's there's a there's a lot going on there. Like you've got to remember, Nintendo are the company that had to stop use anti-aliasing in their um, in their trailers because they had a lawsuit against them because their games were looking too good in the trailers. People would buy them that have all these shaggy edges, and I think they had a class action lawsuit go up against them. So yeah. ever since then, they've been very kind of like open and yeah. honest about like. What you're seeing on the screen right now is what you're going to see in the game. Yeah, but Chris, that's what Nintendo went to Ubisoft for. They saw how well Ubisoft handled the initial <laughs> Watch Dogs trailer and thought, these guys know how to fuck consumers. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not. Who made this trailer? Was it Ubisoft or was it Nintendo? I don't know at this stage. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's pulling those strings. I mean, Jonesy... That was obviously one of the weirdest things about the whole of the last month, right, was that some pretty important people were convinced we'd see a Switch Pro before E3 for this kind of exact reason. I mean... Cynicism. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the worst kept secret, though, isn't it? It's like, we know it's coming. We've had a lot of um, leaks around it, What um, sort of teasing what we're going to see, sizes, et cetera, et cetera. But Nintendo, as we know, are only answerable to Nintendo. <laughs> they yeah. will only do something when they are damn well good and ready. And it, apparently they're not ready to uh, yeah. to show anything off yet. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose something here. I'm gonna, it's a world exclusive. Oh, Chris, I, with this YouTube oh, blip, terms and services, no, no, no. right? Like, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's not Twitch, so we're safe. <laughs> Please, let, let, us, let me switch into the hot tub section first before you <laughs> expose anything. Okay, world exclusive. All right, boom. That was for you. There you go. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, no, I, I remember. I remember what I was going to say. So the the top brass at Nintendo held a seance and got got the, the ghost of uh, Iwata, right? And they asked him, wow. should we release this uh, Switch Pro before E3? And they did, you know, I always like to go back to it. They did the Weekend at Bernie's thing where <laughs> Miyamoto was behind him propping his head up and he just went, <laughs> no, and they said, "Well, that's good now." You put you put one hand on the the corpse of Iwata's head, and you have to put your other hand on a copy of the Ask Iwata book, and you have to say his name three times into a mirror. And yeah, apparently he comes back and tells you, "Hey, you have to make that thing of motion controls." That's all he says. <laughs> that's all he ever says. Um, and then he dies again. <laughs> that's a fuck. I really like Satoru Iwata. That, 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 I feel kind of bad about that's that's the bit. But you've just you've just described the plot of Elden Ring. So there you go, Miyazaki. I see George R. R. Martin needs fucking seventeen years to bless them out his ass. We need a podcast. So who's doing their jobs <laughs> right? Um, 
But clearly Eve, uh, in spite of Mr. Iwata's intervention, wasn't all too pleased because Nintendo spoiled their big uh, their big reveal. Uh, fucking everyone who's ever worked on Beyond Good and Evil 2 is too busy groping their co-workers' boobs to make a video <laughs> game. And Skull and Bones, um, I think that's a Sea of Thieves uh, expansion now, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Uh, so they look, Eve had to call in some favors. He had to say, like, well, we need some big guns here. We've got to end this presentation on a high. We need to blow people's minds. And I don't know about you boys, but nothing quite blows my mind like a return to the world of Pandora. Wow. That's right. Pandora of James Cameron's Avatar fame is getting oh. the next-gen video game treatment in the form of Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Not, a not brand Borderlands. New, not Borderlands, no. Tiny Tina's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora Lands. <laughs> the brand-new first-person open-world action-adventure game set for release in 2022, <laughs> being developed by none other than Massive Entertainment, the team behind The Division. Boys, those movies have been MIA for so long, but I think 2022 is the year where we have to come to grips with the fact that Avatar is coming back. Sam Worthington did not die and is, in fact, an actor um, <laughs> as a man on a ledge will testify. Uh, what a film that was. Oh, Do God, how long ago was Do that? Do you when Sam Worthington was, like, a popular actor for two minutes? I mean, it was in everything. Man, yeah. man on a ledge. Fun man fact. on a ledge. Fun I have to fact. Google this now. I watched Man on, on a ledge. I watched he, uh, Man on a Ledge on an aeroplane. <laughs> man on a ledge. He did the same. Well, he he's kind of the uh, Chris Pratt of yesteryear because uh, just before Chris Pratt was Chris Pratt, they had Sam Worthington, and he was in absolutely everything. Um, and then he just sort of vanished, which is weird. Was he in anything? Oh, yeah, he suddenly popped he, up, he, and he was yeah, in. He was the um, Clash Terminator, of the Titans. Oh, Clash yeah. of the Titans. He did, that was a bad I've just, film. Here you go. Here's a little thing though. Sam Worthington's going to star in a new, uh, a new movie. A new, Jesus, movie called Transfusion. So there you go. He's back, baby. Sam Worthington is back. Like you, like, like he never do, even. Do you left. remember? Do you remember there was that guy who loved Avatar so much that he got like fifty Avatar tattoos on his back. All in papyrus. Do you think that's crazy? Oh yeah, yeah. What about the fucking the, the, where like half of the population of China found out Pandora wasn't real and threatened to kill themselves? <laughs> Nike had to put out a statement saying, "Hey, look, we might be running short on trainers for a little while. These these guys are acting all cuckoo Jesus. bananas over these blue guys." That's funny. But um, do you? Do you oh, I, I remember. So Avatar came out. It was obviously this like massive fucking thing, right? And I mean, I enjoyed the rip, film. It was, it was fun, Gully. Yeah, rip off of Fern Gully and Dances with Wolves, but that's all right. And Pocahontas. <clears throat> but it was an enjoyable film. I think we can all agree on that. But looking back on it, it's it's almost like, I, I don't know why, I just kind of feel ashamed for liking it as much as I but did back you then. You feel ashamed for liking Avatar? Yeah, because it's dog shit now, isn't it? Like, there, there, there's, certain, there's certain things that I look back on and I'm like, I probably should not have liked that. Maybe, maybe I'm in the minority here. But you know, it was what a visual spectacle. I think that was the thing about Avatar. Was yeah. um, if, if you can look at it now and you can say, "Oh, why did everyone like that film so much?" And like, because at the cinema when it came out, it looked absolutely breathtaking. Like you, we hadn't seen stuff that looked quite yeah. that good. Like at that time, it, do you it want was to hear, ab- do you want to hear phenomenal. An interesting tidbit about Avatar. Yeah, go on. Avatar, whichever company, James Cameron, whatever, signed a deal with. It was either LG or Philips that they had the exclusive rights 
to the th- 3D DVD of that movie, the 3D Blu-ray of that movie. So, and they only bundled it with their 3D players, right? Right. And that is why, for the longest time, no one actually had a copy of Avatar. And it actually killed off that the, the hype for that series for a number of years. Or indefinitely, some might say. (laughs) Also an irony in the fact, of course, uh, 3D TVs went the way of um, Betamax and uh, VHS. You could could say that that deal could have also been the death knell for 3D TVs because Avatar was the killer app for 3D, right? Right. At the time. And you couldn't get it unless you bought a a Philips or an LG. I've I've got to look it up. I think it was Philips. Yeah. If you, unless you bought that thing because it was bundled with it, you couldn't buy a physical copy of that on Blu-ray. I do. You know what though? I did have a couple of thoughts about this game. So what's oh, the Panasonic. Game Fr- Sorry, it's Panasonic. Panasonic. Uh, uh, Frontiers of Frontiers of Pandora. So <coughs> I, I know, I know, it's like a bit of a meme thing. It's a bit of a joke now, but it could be a phenomenal game. It won't be. Let's be serious, because it's going to have. Because it won't be. But as I was watching that trailer, I did think, imagine if that was like a, a massively multiplayer game that had the humans pitted against the blue guys. No, I know. But imagine if it was. I was like, imagine if they did that. Like, you see the visuals that they had and they were sort of showing off. You had the one side of the blue guys and the flying the bird things around. And then you have the helicopters and the mechs. And I was like, imagine if they did like a massively like big open world battle thing where you but you basically pick a side... Yeah. I was, I, was, I was getting hyped for a game that doesn't exist. Which is something this is going to become about. a very confusing podcast if we stop ign- start ignoring what every game actually <laughs> is and just start offering our very open and incorrect interpretations of yeah. what these games should be not, no, based just, on, the, on the trailers. I'm not, I'm not saying... So, I'm you know, saying, guys, I was watching the Flight Simulator <laughs> trailer and I just said to myself, imagine if this was a game it wasn't, right? <laughs> the th- no, do you know what I mean? In the set? So you look at the trailer and you know it's going to be a trashy movie tie-in game and it's not going to be very good and it's going to be like a bit jank and it's going to whatever it's going to be whatever it is no one it's not going to be amazing it's going to be okay it's going to be fine it's not but okay it's going to be fine but then when you're watching something like that and you think what if what if they did make something damn cool where they did do like a and then you get a little a bit sad that they didn't yeah but then you remember that it's being developed by ubisoft massive so you're like "Mm, probably gonna be average I, i i i hey i'm a big fan of both division games and i don't know what lessons you learn from the division that you take with you into the world of pandora but i mean i'm looking forward to changing backpacks on my navi that's all i'm gonna say do, do you guys remember, one do you, oh, sorry, do, you, go on. do you guys remember that there was an avatar game on the wii no yeah. avatar like movie tie-in game there was an avatar oh, wow. movie tie-in game on the wii and even better it had wii balance board compatibility it was right. I remember it was kind of like it was this one was because it was like a it was kind two of campaigns. Unique. Yeah, it was kind yeah, of it was unique. Two, you had a Navi campaign and a human <laughs> campaign, and the human campaign was like a Gears of War clone, and the Navi campaign was like a Devil May Cry combat, like melee combat clone. Or on the Wii, it sounds awful. <laughs> I think it was on I think it was on other 316 but yeah, the Wii version of those games were usually pretty special for one reason or another. <laughs> um 
Day, day one, because I just say day one, the Avatar game, I guarantee you know what's going to happen? You're going to have to walk up to a tree with your hair, plug it in to like start the game. And there's going to be a queue of blue guys just going, I can't <laughs> plug my hair in the tree. There's too many other people trying to do it. Yeah. And we're, they're going to be like a week jo- before. Jones, Jones is going to complain about how spongy the first boss Marine was. Like, I put a thousand bullets into his head, all the numbers flew out. <laughs> I kept throwing things at him and arrows, and he just sucked them all up and he didn't die. Anyway. Yeah. Avatar, that was Eve and Ubisoft's one more thing. So that's all we're going to see from them for a little while. But yeah, overall, I, like, yeah, you know, I, I was going to say it was fine. No, I thought it was a pretty good show for Ubisoft. I quite liked it. You, you guys couldn't be more wrong because there was no Splinter Cell. So dog shit, zero <laughs> out of 10. Move on. <laughs> well, fair enough. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Michael Ironside, sort your life out. Just put down put down the whiskey, you old fucking... He's got to be like 80 years old now. Exactly. So crawl back into the VO booth, make some fucking money, pay your child support. I yeah, don't before, know that he actually before, has to, but I'm presuming. Before he dies, just fucking He's 71. Go in there. Or old Mikey. He's 71 and he looks it. I did tweet at him once. Um, I think it was actually last year, Chris, you, where you said something like, there was no um, Splinter Cell this year, and I tweeted something like, personally, I blame at Michael Ironside, and he never <laughs> replied. So is he really committed to the future of Splinter Cell? Probably not. More committed than Ubisoft. I think he's My dead, and this weekend of Bernie's either. all over again. <laughs> when they got him in for Ghost Recon, it was just Eve holding him like... <laughs> that's why he sounded why has Sam Fisher's been on holiday in France for a little while Jeez, a bit of a twang um, the show had to move on though Ubisoft were done and they paved the way for a bunch more people to also disappoint us um, not necessarily disappointing because they're always pretty low-key affairs we had the annual Devolver Digital Showcase which was predictably you know their usual shtick of kind of a pre-scripted and you know pre-filmed and put together kind of comedy routine taking the piss out of a lot of very funny sort of like modern day industry memes like microtransactions and battle passes and all that kind of shit they did have some games there um i don't know if there's anything that you guys would pick out there to specifically talk about for me they had nine games and they were pretty not flat that's not fair mm-hmm. but just nothing that really spoke to me there, there were two for me i mean shadow warrior three looks gorgeous yes. and I'm, I'm a fan of shadow warrior it's just a fun fun time even all the way back to the kind of 3d realms game that they had uh and trick to yomi or right. however, however that was you say it, it which kind of seemed like inside meets uh ghost of tsushima oh look yeah very very cinematic i liked it i, liked, I thought it looked yeah. cool the others were fine i guess uh um, sure. Although, although I will give a specific shout out to Demon Throttle for having the balls to be a game coming out in 2022 as a Switch only, physical only release that you have to buy the box version of that game. And um, that is a very, again, Devolver Digital tier level of, you know, <laughs> sticking to some bullshit for no reason other than because you can, right? So yeah, I like that. That's quite cool. I like, I like yeah. little stupid shit. Like yeah, yeah. You know, like, like make it count, right? I don't know. Do you know who didn't make it count when it came to their slot? Fucking Gearbox. Um, the Borderlands developer turned Borderlands publisher, who are actually publishing a few other things along the way, were one of a number of studios and publishers, as we mentioned earlier, who... Can, can, sorry, I, just, yeah. can I just intervene here? Because in our podcast document, under the heading Gearbox, the very first point that I presume, yeah. Jamie, you put here, says, yeah. another pretty bullshit excuse for a showcase. <laughs> Well, like that—that that was. Do you know what it felt like? 
It felt. Do you remember in the olden days at E3 when E3 was a physical event and like where you were on the show floor was quite important because yeah. people would walk through and they'd walk around and they'd do their rotations. And the ESA would threaten publishers and say, hey, if you don't refresh your space, if you don't restore your space, you're going to lose it the year afterwards. And so whenever companies didn't have games to show, they would do it, hold on to the space and just put whatever the fuck they could in there. <laughs> everyone did that this year with the ES. Like everyone took an E3 slot and didn't have anything. Yeah. And Gearbox were foremost amongst them. Um, the only thing I'd really note here is that there's a game called Tribes of, Mid- Tribes of Midgard, which is kind of like a top-down co-op uh, hack and slash action adventure Viking kind of game that was actually showed at the Summer Game Fest, Chris, but we forgot to mention it. Yeah, the only game we forgot to mention. And yeah. it, it, it did look pretty cool. It uh, very much a cartoony Diablo-esque kind of co-op, but then with base building and tower defense elements and day-night cycles, it seemed pretty cool. It, 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 oh, I, it, is. it definitely seemed pretty cool. It's just a shame that a game that does have some cool ideas was sandwiched into a showcase that I'm convinced only existed for one reason and one reason only. And that was because Randy Pitchford really wanted to make a vlog from the set of the Borderlands movie. (laughs) And um, if anyone ever wanted to know what it looked like to see Hollywood actors and directors pissed off, but not being able to say that they're pissed off because they're (laughs) on camera, go and watch that shit show. Um, And if you don't want to, then I'll, I'll paint a picture. Imagine like a chubby magician who's balding, like turning a camera on himself to kind of like film himself talking to, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Eli Roth with Eli Roth <laughs> thinking, I've got no idea. I'm, I'm the, not making a movie Jew. based on this dude's game. Yeah. The bear Jew saying, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I'm stealing his property, but I have no <laughs> idea who the fuck this guy is. Literally knocks on the door of Kevin Hart's, uh, trailer caravan thing and kevin hart has to come out and be like yeah i'm really excited to be roland it doesn't matter that i'm two feet too short um <laughs> fucking randy pitchford um, well there's nothing else but maybe that was just filler so there you go yeah but there you filler, go, filler to a filler like the gearbox's whole show was a filler yeah, but like so. Jamie said, they had to do something, right? They had to have something. So we were saying maybe they did this just so he could do the behind the scenes, but maybe they did the behind the scenes because they literally had nothing else and they had to they had right. to fill some more. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, uh, luckily it wasn't too long before we were saved by an actual press conference, an actual showcase, one that felt like E3 proper, both in some size, scale, number Hallelujah. of announcements, and the quality of the announcements. And of course, talking about the Microsoft slash Bethesda showcase and i'm thinking out loud now i wonder how long it is before they just call it the microsoft showcase i'm gonna sneeze okay uh there he goes there he goes <laughs> bless you you two are welcome to talk while i'm um sort of it's hay fever season there it's allergy season it's, crazy. it's crazy maybe maybe you're getting the the catherine zeta cancer who knows um, i've been rubbing my nose in her cooch too much that's the issue now. you like the smell and now it's, it's on your it. face yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've got a small nose. It can get into. Uh, no, 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 no. But before we get into it, can I just like give mad props to Microsoft for year in year out, just kind of producing fucking great shows for the industry. Like whether it's an yeah. E3 or their own fucking things. Like I, I'm, I'm astounded that Microsoft's level is like fucking ten times better than pretty much anyone else's efforts. Totally. And, and you're right in that it's not just this year. They've been doing it for a little while. And I think the, the thing that's cool about it is that Microsoft have been pushing the boundary for so long. And now we're entering to the territory to kind of set the tone for the whole of this section 
where the studio acquisitions and the commitment to Game Pass, which, hey, get get ready to hear those two words out <laughs> of a lot in the next half an hour, um, that stuff's really paying off yeah, like, in a yeah. big, big way. Um, and a game that kind of combines both of those ideas, um, PlayStation fans and PlayStation 5 owners cover your ears, is the game that kicked off the show because it was Todd Howard who got on stage first, not Phil Spencer. Todd <coughs> Howard, of course, the the kind of the face of Bethesda in some respects. And he gave us our first real look at Starfield, which uh, actually somehow has a release date. The 11th of November, 2022, confirmed not this year. but Can, can, can I just say release year. date? You don't, release you, don't, date. you don't announce a date like 11th of November, 2022, without saying, yeah. Just push it to the end of next year and whatever happens, happens, you know. Like, I know, but that's like, so well, specific for such a long time away. That's the thing with that I'm with Jonesy. Like we'll, we'll talk we use another example in a little bit of a game that's meant to be coming out in the next five or six months that doesn't have a date yet. There are a couple of them, in fact. Why does a game that's 18 months away have a date? I don't fucking know. Anyway, we saw like an I get I think it was an in-engine trailer. Yes. But yes, it was alpha uh, and it wasn't, you know, yeah. and crea- Creation Engine 2, which is uh, probably the bigger news here that I think not yeah. a lot of outlets are picking up. That I, 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 So I, I'm with you. The thing that stood out to me is that obviously we can't take this to be one-to-one to the gameplay experience because there's a lot of other variables. But the big <laughs> thing to me was that I think from the what we did see in terms of even just like interior design from the inside of the spaceship that we see a pilot get into um, and set dressing and sort of like visual storytelling, everything just looked richer and it kind of lost that sort of like flat, slightly dull creation engine kind of feel. Everything had a bit more pop and a bit more jizz to it. <laughs> a bit more pop and a bit more say. jizz. A bit more pop and a bit oh, more jizz in that can, order. It was dripping with it, Jamie. I mean, Chris, I feel like... You probably strike me as the core demo, if not just for popping and jizzing, but also for Starfield as a, as a, as a, a big um, Elder Scrolls and especially Fallout fan. And this is yeah. also tackling, in sci-fi, tackling something that could be right up your street. Obviously, we have to show some restraint. It's still so far away, and this is our first real look at it. But is there enough here for you to be excited at this stage? I mean... Is this what you wanted to see, kind of? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen some, I, I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, but I understand why it was just the CG. Well, it's not a CG trailer, it's an in-engine trailer, but yeah. But I understand it because they're releasing it at the end of next year, which means next year's E3 is going to be like, here's a fucking 40 minute presentation on Starfield really? and everything you get to do, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm a little bit apprehensive, if I'm honest, from the things that I'm hearing, because what I'm hearing is a lot more on kind of like the simulation side of things more than the role-playing side of things. So I, I, I wonder where the balance kind of lies because they, what was great about this trailer is kind of highlighting the story that you are probably going to be going through with the different factions and uncovering some thing, probably an alien artifact from fucking ages ago, that super advanced technology that teleport everywhere oh, or some shit. The precursor race. Yeah, I'm exactly, serious. Exactly. Oh, look at this mass effect relay. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But fr- from everything I've been hearing, it actually sounds more like a Jonesy kind of game than well, a Chris kind of game. But like, but it could be a Chris kind of game. I, I think I hope it will be, just because of your history with Bethesda games all the way back to Morrowind and so on and so Hell forth. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, like, di- I'll die on that Bethesda cross, baby. 
I, I don't think many could blame you, even apart from maybe people who got really excited for Fallout 76. But there's a, there's a quote I pulled here from Howard because he did a, a few interviews after the fact. And the one quote I pulled was, like NASA meets Indiana Jones. And I thought one thing that you, the reason maybe Chris, you and my, I both thought of Jonesy is because there was some, uh, not confusion, but that people weren't 100% certain whether or not Starfield would embrace what I've heard referred to as hard sci-fi. Like yeah. NASA asked, like real looking sci fi and spaceships. And when I saw that, that is what they were doing. For, for me, my it was first those, thought. Yeah, for me, it was those leaked screenshots and the re- leaked reports saying, like, oh, you're going to have to check your body temperature. And, you know, like, like when you go like deep emergent simulation, that's more kind of the stuff that kind of worries me. Like, am I going to have to start worrying now about fucking throttles on my spaceship to try and fucking land? Oh. You, you know, or is it going to be like, mean. press X to land? You know. But I, I also wouldn't mind a little bit of sort of like outer world style. I'm sorry, excuse me, outer wilds yeah. style kind of like you know how that had systems where like planets were moving and you had to yeah. time your approach and approach velocity and kind of like Look, you I, had I, the camera, the bottom down camera <laughs> to land your ship. I think I think it'll all be great, and I have faith in Bethesda to kind of fucking nail it to the point where you want to play that game and you want to yeah. keep on loading it up like they did with Skyrim. And for me in particular, like they did with Fallout 4 or Fallout and, 3. Uh, sorry, I'll interject and say one of the other things that Todd Howard said was that the game had a, quote, Skyrim structure, whatever that means. So, yeah. yeah. And, I'd be and, really surprised if they went, if they made it too simmy. I, I wouldn't be, I'd be much more, it'd be much more Bethesda if it was a case of, like you're saying, Chris, like not maybe push X to land, but run over here, push this, run over there, push that, do that, yeah. and then the ship lands. Like that would that would be much more in keeping. That would be fine. That would be fine. But if it's would, like yeah. if it's like you you got to sit in your cockpit and and it's like all of a sudden it's like Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, no, yeah no, they're not going to do that. No I thanks. I'm just kind of worried about it. I know it's an unfounded worry, but you know, I I I, I don't want I don't want too many technical aspects getting in the way of me enjoying what should be a Bethesda game, right? Yeah, but, that, no, but I guess sure. that's because I'm so excited about it. I am genuinely, and for a number of years, have been so excited about it that I'm just trying to just trying to be cautious. You know, where, where, where are you at with it, Jonesy? On the on the, on the anticipation meter. I, anticipation wise, I, it's not even on my radar. I think, I, like, oh. I like Buffett, um but I don't mean I don't mean that in the sense of I don't. I'm not. I don't think it sounds cool. <laughs> I mean, but if you said to me. Oh, a Bethesda game that in, that incorporates things you like, like sci-fi and and spaceships and flying. And I'm like, okay, but it's going to be a janky Bethesda game with like loads of RPG elements and lots of dialogue and cutscenes and walking around and chatting to people about. Oh, do you want to join this faction and go and do this over here? I'll get on my ship and go. Do, oh, okay, do, do it's going to be a lot of that. Do you know what Which, the best thing about this is? <laughs> Says the guy who sunk in more money in Star Citizen than probably anyone else on the fucking planet. No, no, but these are true. But that's a completely different. That's what I'm saying. He's literally, he's literally taking the piss out of the content that that Star Citizen doesn't have yet. No, Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, stories, characters, dialogue. Oh, love me. I'm taking piss out of the way that Bethesda games tell their stories, which is and which is really, but is good. And like, I don't get me wrong. I am a big fan. No, but with the way the dialogue's presented, so the way that you, because it's not, it's really hard to like, because it's not bad, it's not bad at all, and it is the only way you can probably make those games, but at the same time, to say there's no jank to how those stories unfold, I think you'd have to, like, there is, and they have 
they have to have that because their games are so big, so story driven, yeah, so yeah. encompassing, and the worlds are so massive. So it's just kind of like the two things have to go hand in hand. You can't have a seamless world where everything feels alive and there's no sort of like odd moments. You've still got to pause the screen to have a dialogue option to come up, to have someone waiting for you to, to answer their question. This is still going to have all of that. But I think I said to someone on our Discord that this could be the best game ever made. Like, easy, like probably relatively easily if they do it right, given their pedigree, given what they're capable of, given the setting they're using. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm trying not to sort of get any of that, like let any of that make me think that it's, I don't know, get too hyped up. I'm like, I'm not being, I'm not being That's hopeful smart. at all. That's I'm just going to wait and see where, how it develops, where it comes, <coughs> you know, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see how we go. For me, it was uh, one of the Holy Trinity of the show. Yes, so. that's one of the Holy Trinity was, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, what um, about you, Jamie? Yeah, Jamie, what are you saying? I think I'm somewhere between the two of you, which is <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> it's a super show guarantee, right? Um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it in, in, from a perspective of I have, I'm a huge fan of what Bethesda do when they do it right, and I think that. Let me be careful with the titles I choose here. Oblivion, <laughs> Skyrim, and Fallout 3, for me personally, and I understand the love that lots of other games game. both of those series get, but for me personally, those three were sort of like the defining RPGs of me sort of like learning to love all kinds of games based on sort of like how old I was at various points and what I grew up with, you know? Um, yeah. And so the idea of more from the creators of those <laughs> worlds... Um, yeah, absolutely. That appeals, and I'd love to see a little bit more about, as you said, Chris, some of the 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 kind of the the split between. I want to see how they handle the RPG elements of this thing. I want to see what their approach to sort of like alien races and alien planets are. That especially yeah. having just f- fucking played fifty hours of Mass Effect, that stuff's on my mind. <laughs> I want to see what some of like the moment to moment writing is like, and how many of the lessons they learnt from Fallout Four. And I want to see how the new engine holds up visually, you know, across the uh, the course of that game, and and what kind of a scope they go for, and what kind of a scope they're capable of going for in a world where like No Man's Sky has shown what you can do with procedural generation and bringing it up again the outer wilds has shown what you can do yeah. with sort of like very physics dependent and very physics heavy space exploration there's so much cool room there that i hope they explore to the best of their ability T- todd howard comes up and says you see that planet you can go there i mean <laughs> you, you joke but like that was the thing with skyrim and now mountains like planets <laughs> of the new mountains yeah uh, we just thought the tagline for them planets of the new mountains but there is a weird thing that uh, and maybe this isn't fair and and this is not a diss at all because the game is fantastic and i really enjoyed it but when when if you say to me what does a um a bethesda starfield game look like it's really hard to not say oh outer worlds that's that is that game like so what is this so what's starfield going to look like and if you said to me it's going to look like a uh, a polished version of outer worlds i'll be like Oh, that's cool. I'm I'm into that, but is it going to be everything I think people are hoping for with Starfield? Like, no, of course not. That's where mm. I hope that the the element of hard sci-fi, it's mm. almost like sci-fi that's more grounded in what we see as realistic now, yeah. and the kind of the scale and scope. It, of It's more like Interstellar that you got to think, right? I hope so. Yeah. So, like, you might land on one planet and absolutely realize there's there's no population or civilization there, and that every minute you spend on that planet actually adds ten hours to your in-game timer, um, and uh, your family die. So, imagine yeah. if imagine it's it's just, it's just another game where the twist at the end is that your son is an old man now. 
Second game in a row where they've done it. Um, That's their thing from now on. You so as an old man. The, en- the ending of every single Bethesda open world RPG from now on is that, hey, remember your son? He's an old man now. It ends with that line from is it like from shitty stories from the nineties that people would tell each other over a campfire, which is, "And he was your son." That's how they finish every game from and now. She on. was your daughter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Speaking of shitty stories told around campfires, um, sometimes in Russian, Stalker Two. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because you you forgot the most important thing about Starfield, Jamie. Sorry, I know we're trying to like go through and not have a seventy-five hour. 76 hours. Uh, I'm not trying okay. to do that. I'm trying to... Uh, so can I be honest? I feel like I, I, I've got a nose bone misplaced. Like something really weird is going on inside my nose. Yeah, it's nose cancer uh, from... I, I genuinely think I've got a nose cancer. And I, sure. I, 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 there's stuff I want to do to my nose, but I can't because there's a camera on me right you stick now. Stick your finger in it. I can't. I'm being filmed. I mean, you can. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. No, we'd have to cut it. It's our podcast. You don't have to cut it if you don't want to. But anyway, listen. Just put a blur, a blur over the finger and the nose. Can I go off frame while you guys talk about Starfield? Sure, yeah. Do. But I'm going to be very quick with what I have to say. So pick away, I, friend. I, I, hey, Chris, stretch your legs, bro. We've got time. I've got to <laughs> apparently wrestle the, the world's biggest bogey out of my nose. Do you know what's going to be great is Jamie's going to do that thing where he walks off camera and then he's going to walk back on at the back of the frame, not realizing he's on camera. We're <laughs> yeah. going to get all of it. He's in no, I'm going like, to try and slide to my left. <laughs> you could just switch your camera off. Chacha, no, no, don't, is, don't do that. This, this is part of the, the, the smoke and mirrors of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, where, where has he gone? This is cinema verite, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You, Chris, you, what, was the, what was that point you were going to make about Starfield? I'm going to sit here and listen intently. <laughs> the point I was going to make is that the most incredible thing about Starfield... <laughs> That's that's killed me. Uh, <laughs> great. What I was going to say was the most important thing, the most astounding thing about Starfield, regardless of whether it's hard sci-fi or a lot more accessible than it seems, is this fucking is coming to Games Pass, bro. Yeah, that that is one of the most incredible things about this entirety of the show. <laughs> the, the level of games uh day one coming to game pass is is incredible like yeah. it become every time we talk about it it's like oh it's the best deal in gaming and it's it, every time there's a show xbox puts something out it's like oh it just in case you didn't think it was it is <laughs> he's back he's back Speaking of just in case you didn't think it was it is the, nothing came out oh, oh weird it is kind of weird because you do sound unplugged uh but yeah jamie to, to my point starfield's yes. on games pass bro like it's totally. it's it's, and, and it's free if you have game pass like that, that and, and, blows my mind the premiere fucking but there's the title that todd howard has wanted to do for 25 years like it's mad and, and, and this is what like talking about in previous years xbox playing their cards right for the future of, of what they've got to offer i think i made a point i was having a conversation with some guys on our discord the other the other day and i sort of <laughs> outlined everything i could think of that was coming exclusively to xbox and uh, by extension game pass uh in the next three years and i said and i and i firmly believe it until sony come back again and inside the next you know six months maybe we'll see and outline what they've got going forward and showing a little bit more of some of the stuff that we don't know so much about xbox's lineup of exclusives is better right now 100 percent, yeah and you know, uh, there's actually there's a, there's a great quote that I I just found actually about um about it being an exclusive um to Xbox, 
because uh, uh, apparently addressing the issue that some people from uh, PlayStation Five owners are saying, "Well, this isn't fair. <laughs> I don't get to play. I'm not going to get to play it." You know, you know what that's uh, called? Tough titties. Um, but do you want to do you want to hear the quote? I haven't even read it. So um, is this from the Pete Hines interview? This is from Pete Hines. Yeah, yeah, I watched some of this. So he just says, I don't know how to allay the concerns of consumer and PlayStation 5 fans other than to say I'm a PlayStation 5 player as well and I've played games on that console and there's games I'm going to continue to play on it. But if you want to play Starfield, it's an Xbox and PC. It's Xbox and PC. Sorry. All I can say is I apologize because I'm certain that that's frustrating to folks, but there's not a whole lot I can do about it. <laughs> but, but, then you see, but then Todd Howard comes out and says... It'll, it's going to make for better games because they don't have to worry about catering to all the different platforms. So therefore, X amount of time that they would have had to take to try and make it run not like Skyrim on PS3 and make it run like an actual game on a PlayStation, they just get rid of that development time and put it in back into the game. Like, there, there is yeah. a benefit there. It's, I think it's weird when you go this way around because obviously you go from Bethesda from not being uh, Xbox only to it moving to Xbox only. It does kind of rub people up the wrong way and the idea that you're not going to be able to play future Bethesda games that aren't already coming into PlayStation. But at the end of the day, like I don't really think they need to apologise for no, they some damn good business sense. Yeah, but not only that. It's like, how much do you want to complain? Microsoft are going to bring xCloud to your fucking TV where all <laughs> yeah. you have to do is pay for Games Pass, which is still cheaper than buying Starfield at a full price rate for your PlayStation. So what's the big fucking deal? Chris, are you saying all you have to do is pay Xbox to play Bethesda games? Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is that the barrier of entry when this game comes out, presumably, will be so fucking low, it doesn't matter. This is, there, is there any... There's a, is there must be like a minimum term that you have to, you have to sign up for to get access to no. No, that's that to me is the most insane even better thing. if you sign up for the like if you, we if sound it, like we're shilling for um, Xbox now. I wish really they not. paid us honestly, but if how about this? If you release a good service, it, then people should talk about how good that service is. And Games Pass is a good service. So yeah. the point is this, okay? There's the barrier of entry is so fucking low. You don't have to buy a console if you don't want to. You can stream it if you don't want to stream it, then yeah, sure, buy a console. And guess what? They've got a range of different price points of the consoles to do it. Like, it's very smart. And if you've never signed up for uh, Games Pass before, it's like the introductory offer is like a pound or a dollar for the first three months or something. You won't, so you, you won't be able to stream this though. Like, you won't be able to stream Starfield day one, will you? You'd have to download it, so you'd need a PC. Well, In 18 months' time, who knows? Yeah, we don't know. But the oh, other that's thing, true. That's true, it could all the, change. The other thing is, Xbox has said, uh, first-party exclusives will now be available on Xbox One uh, through cloud um, cloud gaming. So even right. if you have an older console, and, and that's like a, a relatively recent thing that they, I think that's short term that they're planning on doing. Like, it's okay. simple, bro. Anyway, so if, if, we, if we take that, let's take that to be our Game Pass is good and an attractive proposition for most consumers segment of the show. Yeah. So we're not going to have to hit that point home every single time we mention it. Although, as I said earlier, it will get mentioned a lot. Another game exclusive to Xbox and PC and coming to Game Pass in April of 2022, a little bit sooner if you want your sort of sci-fi-ish first-person shooter itch scratched, is Stalker 2, mm -hmm. um, an extremely Russian-looking game that kind of... <laughs> unsurprisingly had uh, elements of uh, of Metro in it because I think Metro is sort of like the modern day lineage of those old, uh, the original Stalker games. I 
thought that there was a little bit of jank in some of the mechanics, some of the like the shooting mechanics specifically, but this game definitely has a look and a, and a feel yeah. that I kind of dug. I don't yeah. know about you guys. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah. There was some There's, jank. Like there was one bit where he went to go pick up a, a gun and it was that classic video game thing of the hand goes out in front of him and comes straight back and then the gun that's there in the environment just disappears and then he right. pulls it out of his fucking but then, like, arsenal. What, what the Metro games and 4A have done with them really well uh, since that team kind of moved on and reestablished itself is kind of atmosphere and tone. And I think <laughs> this game looks like it's going to have it in spades. And there's one particular sequence. It's kind of like, it's slightly dark and it's stormy. And he's walking, he's got this kind of like a counter that's kind of clicking up. And he's got these little almost bolts and he's throwing them in front of them to try and find what looks to be some kind of anomaly. Yeah. And I just thought... It looks, it's got, if you know, if you want retraced shininess, if you know, it was your like, <laughs> your metric for whether or not a game looks cool, Stalker 2 looks to have plenty of that. Um, did you, did you get the same vibe I did with this? It was very Death Stranding when he was walking around with the Geiger counter trying to find the anomalies and then throwing things. I was like, oh, this is just uh, the, what do you call it? The BTs floating around oh, and you're trying to track them and find where so they what? are. And yeah. it was, it was that, that I got hard Death Stranding vibes from it. Didn't come into my head for some reason. Right. Not enough babies. That's probably the <laughs> issue there. Um, I think we've got to talk about this just just to say that. Yeah, like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna quickly say yeah, like because we talked about Game Pass and uh, and and how games like Starfield and Stalker Two are coming to Game Pass day one. A third party game that's actually coming to Game Pass day one on both console and PC, which means we don't have to scramble for codes if we want to play multiplayer and co-op, <laughs> is uh, Warner Brothers Back for Blood. Yeah, because we, uh, we are keen on playing that. We, we've mentioned enough. We don't have to talk about it. But I just said I just think like the fact that it's going yeah. to Games Pass is pretty fucking cool. And I'll also say that like uh, there were a bunch of Bethesda titles that hadn't actually come to Game Pass yet. Some of them because of agreements with PlayStation now, uh, like Wolfenstein 2 and Fallout 3. Uh, they are all now on Game Pass. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is on Game Pass now, which Hell wraps yeah. up the whole Yakuza series. Uh, Hades is going to launch on Game Pass. Um, I there was something else that I think that... Uh, I, there's still games coming to Game Pass. Um <laughs> Uh, and games that have been on Game Pass for some time, like Sea of Thieves, which was actually a game that we all uh, sunk a bit of time into last year for that exact reason, because it was basically free, getting new updates. Uh, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean-themed content coming to Sea of Thieves. Makes sense. Uh, kind of. <laughs> was was Oh, a, come a, on. It makes no, absolute okay. sense. It does make sense. I, I, I still don't know whether or not I'm allowed to like Johnny Depp. That's a gray area, apparently. <laughs> um, so I, I, but his, the only thing that was a bummer is I was watching some people co-streaming it and they initially mistakenly thought it was Monkey Island. And I think Monkey Island and a Sea of Thieves crossover would have been so much cooler. Right, yeah. okay. Plus... Fuck Jack, why have Jack Sparrow when you have Guy Brush Threepwood? That's all I'm going to say. I agree, I agree. Uh but, See, you know. I think this was a this was a great little thing to announce. We we even jokingly said when we were playing, sort of like jokingly, we legitimately said when we were sort of dabbling with Sea of Thieves that it's a great game, there's a lot of fun to it, but like end up but you end up getting to a position where you're like, but what do I do? We're just doing the same stuff again and again, and he's going around the same maps and everything. I, I don't think they've addressed it. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, with I'm hoping that with this, um, because it's not just adding in characters, it is also adding in. Um, a lot of the story beats and elements from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and they've introduced things like um, Davy Jones and the ship and I guess the Kraken as well, which they didn't actually, which is already in Sea of Thieves. Yeah. So I imagine that they tie those two things together. But if they can, if they can create more of a marriage of like a storyline of a narrative of a mission structure around this, 
then I think that's something that Sea of Thieves really, really needs. And yeah, it could be really cool, especially on the focus on Game Pass. It's going to make a lot of people go, Jesse, I jumped in. Our pockets are full. We, we, <laughs> we, we've done it. Bill Gates slipped the, slipped the check already. All right. So yeah, I, you know, why would we not dabble? Let's rattle, boys, because you know what I'm excited about? Psychonauts 2. Well, hang on. You just skipped Battlefield 2042. Yeah, we saw some gameplay. Cool. Bro, oh, come on. We're not, we're, are we doing that game now? We're just skipping games that... It's a I, big game. <laughs> I'm just looking at the time and I'm like, ooh. Oh, yeah, well, how about the next time I try and summarize Sea of Thieves in one sentence? We don't go on a whole five-minute tirade about how great parts of the Caribbean is. That, then we might have right. time to talk about video games. Let's next time we, we get to Sea of Thieves, or, or we won't do that. All right, Jamie, what did uh, you think of the Battlefield gameplay? I, I liked the look of the Battlefield 2042 gameplay reveal. Thank you for asking, Chris. I like the idea of using that sort of like that sandstorm in Dubai kind of look from that one Mission Impossible film and bring that <laughs> yeah. into a map. Although I still have concerns that we all had last time, which is I hope they keep that shit dynamic and yeah. uh, and not like, oh, it's that time of the match again. The, we're going to go dark because there's a sandstorm coming in. Uh, but encouraging signs. Chris, Psychonauts 2, though. Whew, baby. Hell yeah. Did you, have you played Psychonauts yet, Jamie? No. Well, okay, cool. Well, Psychonauts and Ratchet and Clank would be weird games to play at the same time, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you probably I don't know. Right. I feel like it also wouldn't do Psychonauts any favours. But no. I hope to play it before this comes out in August, Chris. Yes, on Games Pass. Hey. I'm, I'm really psyched for it. The more I see about it, the more excited I am about it. Like, yeah. Psychonauts 1 was honestly like a gem of a game. Uh, underappreciated, I feel. Yes, not by the people that played yeah. it, but the people that didn't play, get to play it. Uh, so you know what? You it, it, I, and I hope on that note that Psychonauts Two gets the time it needs because both. I one thing I worry about both in terms of when these games come out, but also in the context of a showcase like this is sometimes there's so much exclusivity, there's so much Game Pass, there's so much this, 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 this. The games can kind of fade into like Psychonauts 2 wasn't well served by this kind of a showcase that's what yeah. I thought especially and games another game for example that we'd seen before and just needed to get its release date out in the open 12 minutes the kind of the time loop game about a couple having dinner when a uh, the police arrive at the door and uh, mayhem ensues not best served by this kind of a showcase yeah um, kind of fade into the background definitely they, they'd they do better to stand on their own but like you said a lot of them is just because they want to put a, a release date <laughs> out there I guess True, and I guess that's difficult. But one and thing they that haven't helps... got much time left because they're both coming. <laughs> no, out in true, August. actually, yeah. Which again, like we had a couple of games from Ubisoft in September. These two both in August, so uh, games to be playing are summer <laughs> and beyond. One game one way to stand out though, and a couple of games did it in this showcase is to have a an art style mm-hmm. you just can't take your eye off. And one game that stood out to me, I want to shout out to, is uh, Somerville, which I initially thought was, huh, this kind of looks like a like a slightly different take on the inside formula maybe it's about like more of a family vibe rather than just a kid some sort of like war of the world style alien invasion shit turns out i found out afterwards that uh one of the founders of play dead the team behind inside and limbo making this game uh the studio name is jump ship read into that what you will i don't know what life of play dead's like but um i thought that looked dope um yeah looked very cool very very cool slightly less cool for me 
um, probably just because of how long it's been and <coughs> how much I struggle to get enthusiasm for it. Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to be free to play for everyone alongside the campaign. Obviously, if it's Game Pass, it's all there. But yeah. regardless of Game Pass or not, Halo Infinite multiplayer, free to play. Are either of you two even remotely interested in touching Halo Infinite multiplayer? Be honest. Uh, I thought it looked really good, actually. I, it's something that I... I I'm not really a Halo guy at all, but I thought, you know what? If I'm gonna, I've already got Game Pass. Why the hell not? And it did look like a lot of fun. So I thought it might be something that I have a little, a little dabble with, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never really kind of been into Halo multiplayer. I know that's probably sacrilege as a a gamer. No, I don't think so. But I, I'm definitely more interested in the campaign than the multiplayer. But I think James uh, Jonesy's hit the nail on the head there. Like, if you guys play it, I'm gonna play it because I have Games Pass, and it's not gonna cost me anything. I just have to find the time. And synchronize with you guys. You know, I like think I think yeah. there's a lot of synchronization that's going to happen <laughs> in the next eighteen months that we're going to struggle with. Can, can I talk about something that I found a bit weird? Yeah, <laughs> is that Halo still doesn't have a, a release date? Like, totally. Starfield. Yeah, we're almost. It's almost Star- like going to be to a year after it was supposed to release, or so. I guess. Yeah, so. but also like Starfield, which is releasing in a year and a half, has got a very particular release date. <laughs> but Halo doesn't, and yet, yeah. and yet we're meant to believe that the multiplayer and the single player campaign are coming out this year. I mean, they, they, it's going to have to, otherwise they have to. Bro. Otherwise, they do have to. all of three four three industries is going to get fired. I'm sure. <laughs> Phil Spencer can be ruthless, I imagine. But yeah, it's just kind of still strange. I, I bet Phil Spencer is very glad that they spent so much money making sure Halo didn't matter quite as much as it used to. Because imagine if Xbox was still the Halo, Gears, Forza guys. And like, yeah. if, it, if it wasn't one of those three, then you better hope that their Quantum Break or Sunset Overdrive equivalent <laughs> isn't shit. Because, yeah, I don't know. That was just a it's weird thing about how far Xbox has come when there was a time where like games like Crackdown never seemed like they were going to come out. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, can, I, can I mention this as another fucking oddity for me? Yeah. Because... In Xbox's conference, they announced the release date for Diablo 2 Resurrected. Which, September, yeah, maybe. September 23rd. Plans for an open beta in August. Like, cool. Maybe that, was wrong. Just biz- maybe that was just business Phil making some calls on <laughs> business Phil. It, it just kind of How seems to me this? like that's an Activision decision, not a Blizzard decision. Yeah. But then again, no BlizzCon, right? I don't know when it was meant yeah. to be, but we know no BlizzCon. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I look forward to playing that. I'm glad there's an open beta because it means I get to try it for free. Diablo 2 Resurrected not coming to Game Pass. Um, so Ooh. that's what that's one you're going to have to pay for, folks. Um, and speaking of sort of eye-catching <laughs> games, we had a few more. There was a, a first-person shooter called Atomic Heart that looked really kind of fucking bizarre. We had the, the bright colors of Slime Rancher 2, but in the middle of that, Jonesy, I know there was a sort of 2D survival game, I've heard it, uh, uh, described as that caught your eye for its the last night style aesthetic which is to say sort of 2d pixel art style but with modern sort of physics-based lighting and rendering technology wrapped around it called replaced yeah this is a bit of a weird one um i'll try to be quick as well because i know we're running low on time but um anyone that remembers e3 from 2017 the last night sort of stole the show in some sense i was in 2017 yeah, I believe it was, yeah, a long, long time ago. Um, with their, like like you said, Jamie, their sort of um, 
very sort of uh, advanced lighting effects, volumetrics, etc., but all based around a pixel art look, which um, blew everyone away and replaced, which is from a completely different studio, um, nothing to do with the guys who are making The Last Night. And have, but they've effectively, it seems, taken inspiration from that, maybe because of all the problems that The Last Night's had and said, well, everyone loved the hell out of this, so why aren't we going to capitalise on the fact that is they've... It, um, is The Last Night even still slated to come out? It is sitting, um, it's in production, but it doesn't have a release date. And, and one of the reasons I, that That's made me want to touch away, on buddy. No, maybe one of the things I did immediately after the show, because I'm one of these people that's sort of a few times over the last number of years has checked in on the last night to see where it is because it looked like it was going to be amazing. Um, but those guys are still, um, they're still in production. They had a few issues with uh, a number of things, money, etc., and publishers and things. So they've, I think they've, um, I, I think it looks like they're still trying to make it, but I don't know when and where and how. But replaced is, um, yeah, is kind of taking inspiration from them. Um, it looks like it's maybe a bit more action heavy, a bit more um, around sort of like combat as a, as well as opposed to what the last night was maybe going for. But it looked wicked. Um, it looked yep. really good, and it's going to scratch an itch that a lot of us have for the last night. Who thought that was a really nice arts visual style? So yeah, interesting. Maybe we hopefully get a situation where they both come out at the same time. We get some fucking Robin Hood or volcano movie style uh, clashes where two games. <laughs> Maybe. Um, uh, what followed though was we got a little bit into sort of cinematic and CG territory for a little while. Uh, games being shown that was very hard to glean much from at all. Uh, the Just Call Studio Avalanche announced their new game, which is called uh, Contraband, which has been described as a co-op smuggler's paradise. I guess the headline there is that, hey, Avalanche are making an Xbox exclusive game. And maybe a surprise a surprise appearance from Obsidian, who we obviously knew were hard at work with Avowed, which wasn't at the show, but yeah. they did announce that they are working on The Outer Worlds 2, albeit with a sort of a very comedy-heavy, uh, sort of like basically a joke trailer that was their way of saying, hey, we haven't fucking made anything yet, but we're making this game. We promise. Yeah. Um, I, I like the which, one thing where they said, oh, we're going to have a shot. So they had like a, a narrator narrating what you're seeing on screen. And at one point it says, and this is the shot behind the hero, but we don't see his face because we haven't rendered it yet because we don't know what he looks like because we haven't finalized everything except for the logo. And then it shows the logo. Well, it wasn't even the logo though, was it? It was that we've decided on the title. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was even it was less just than that. The so Outer Worlds like, 2. Yeah. Outer Worlds 2. Like, I, I admire taking the, the humor <laughs> approach to it, but it's all fun and games until the Outer Worlds 2 doesn't rear its head again for three or four years, and you have another Starfield, Elden Ring, <laughs> Metroid Prime 4, Bayonetta 3 situation in your hands where everyone's got the pitchforks out for you announcing a game <laughs> too early, and all of a sudden your comedic take doesn't go down quite so well. Yeah. A um, couple of other sort of Microsoft heavy hitters, things that you expect to see at a show. Age of Empires... Age of Empires 4 is Hell finally yeah. coming out. It's coming uh, out in October. Um, looking forward to that. And Flight Simulator, still a thing, coming to consoles in July. Although the kind of the interesting thing about Flight Simulator that Jonesy uh, almost fell off his chair at the sound <laughs> of was uh, is that there's some Top Gun-themed content coming to Flight Simulator. Probably right. not going to do much for the gameplay, but... Yes, it will. Be, you are not old enough. You they're do not no, appreciate bro, Top Gun anywhere near enough. I'm going to spoil this for you. They're just going to put jets in Flight Simulator. That's all we're talking about here. In That's my all opinion. they need to do. That's all right, I played a decent amount of Flight Simulator, and I re and one of the cool things was just like flying around environments, going going to areas that you know, and and getting to almost play Google Earth <laughs> in a jet. 
And at the time, I was like, oh my God, can do they have fast jets? Do they have fighter jets? And this little reveal where they effectively just showed off some of these footage we've all seen in Flight Simulator, but then just to cut to a an aircraft carrier and the music play from Top Gun. And I was like, oh, I'm all about this. And then, and to Jonesy, show a few, uh, Jonesy, and then you'll love it. And then you land your jet on a beach and you play beach volleyball with your bros. <laughs> I think oh, that's yeah. what I was, I was trying to say yeah. is that I don't think there's going to be any beach volleyball stuff. I think it's just going to be, hey, you know that jet? You can fly it. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that I, I can't remember when the release date for Top Gun 2 is. I don't even know. I think it's later yet, this so. year now. Yeah, I, it, I know the film is finished and it's just delayed because of all the fucking right. COVID so no, yeah, November November nineteenth, twenty twenty one. So um, obviously this is a bit of a tie in, um, but no, I, I was looking for fast <laughs> jets when the game first dropped. So I'm psyched that they've added that in. That is that is pretty wicked. Something that people can actually look forward to though for November twenty twenty one is the latest in the Forza Horizon series. There's pretty much the whole world knew going into this Forza Horizon five officially now set in Mexico, which as their, you know, surprisingly in-depth and and long look at the gameplay of that game showed, Mexico looks like it's a pretty solid shout for where to play yeah. place a Horizon game, right? You, you know what was amazing to me is when they announced Flight Simulator and it's like, this is like fucking photorealistic graphics. And okay, the Forza series has always been very good looking, but for some reason, they, it just seems like they fucking stepped it up a notch. I don't understand I don't how this game can look that good. But do you know what's mind-blowing about Forza? And I, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but Forza Horizon 5 isn't even the quote-unquote next-gen Forza. Yeah. Turn 10 are making the like next-gen only Forza Motorsport at the moment. That was the thing they teased last summer. Forza Horizon is obviously still <laughs> going to have to come to Xbox One and, and so on and so forth. So... I mean, I know that the joke always used to be in like the PS2 era is like, how much rounder can the wheels get? And uh, <laughs> I think we are getting into that territory. Like, what more can they do? But then they keep doing it. Um, yeah, it's mad. There's, there's, there's an ele- excuse me. There's an extra element to this as well. And was it? I guess it was Forza Horizon Four that had uh, the the British um, countryside uh, setting. Yes, yes. This, I think, for me, I don't know if anyone else thought the same thing, but I was like, I've never been to Mexico. I've no idea what Mexico looks like. And I was like, I could legit drive around something that is a very good approximation of Mexico and actually get to experience some of that by playing a fantastic looking cool driving game yeah um so, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and you know yeah. what games pass baby um yeah I, like when they showed off all that stuff where you the fucking pinata mode where you've got to chase down the oh, pinata, right. and they just With you just team, see all the yeah. different cars with the names on top I, I just pictured us, boys. I was like, yes. Yeah. This would be fucking And the cool. fun thing about Forza is it uses driver tars. So even if we're not actually yeah. playing with you, it will still have us there as our driver tars and say our name. So that's <coughs> kind of, it's going oh, to be rad. Um, also, something that has a lot of potential was the thing that Xbox actually cl- chose to close the show with the latest game from Arcane. I believe it's Arcane Austin, the team who uh, last worked on Prey. Yeah. And that is Redfall. Uh, which was previously known as Project Omen, a new vampire-themed co-op shooter launching in 2022. Uh, this was a sort of a CG trailer that gave some insight into the, the mix of characters that are going to be fronting up this game. Didn't perhaps show us how, uh, obviously, Arcane through games like Dishonored and Prey, known for their very kind of like system-heavy um, action games. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know... I, I didn't pick up how they were going to make that work in this. I don't know what this is beyond the obvious, like, hey, it's another Left 4 Dead Cops to comparison. Yeah, like, obviously there's that, but like, 
what is the arcane twist on it? I, I don't know. You yet. see, the, the magical the thing, powers. That's what the, it is. This is the trap that I think a lot of people fall into, right? You can love a studio, and when they jump on a bandwagon, you can defend it because you love the studio. But that's like. Like arcane, arcane don't make <laughs> dishonored and and prey and and you, with Leon they got Deathloop and so on and so forth. Yeah. They don't make all those games and then decide to take the systems out and say, hey, let's make a shooter. No, no I know, they? I know, no, 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 they don't. But I, I, I just don't. I just I, maybe it's just I'm getting my brain overloaded with all this left for deadness all of a sudden. Like e e three, the slogan should be like, it's like Left for Dead. Right, I mean, kind of, yeah. It's just there, kinda... there is plenty of that. Or, or, or maybe you can simplify it even further, which is like, hey, we realized games are fun when you, you and your friends get together and kill things. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, which it, it's true. It's true. It's it true. is. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Anyway, that was the uh, the kind of the the big finish, uh, which again, you know, opening and closing with a Bethesda game showed how that relationship is going to continue to grow. For anyone keeping count, Xbox announced forty one new games for Game Pass in its showcase. So pretty much nearly every single game they showed is uh, is coming to the service day one, and there are a bunch we didn't even have time to mention. Uh, yeah. They're also releasing a mini fridge, so there is no excuse but to let Microsoft and by extension Xbox take over every aspect of your life <laughs> from the food you eat to the games you play. Also, uh, I, don't know I, I want the mini worth... fridge. I want the mini fridge. I want it too, because my mini fridge broke. Every time I turn it on, it gets hot and smells. So <laughs> That's the opposite of what a fridge is supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, two, two things that fridges aren't yeah, really supposed you, to You be. don't have a fridge there. You've got a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's an also, it's so It's so stupid as well. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> we 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 had inspectors come around to like make sure our, our, our the house was safe, and I I got paranoid because I'd never asked for permission to put any shit like. And I know like with microwaves and and cookers and shit like that, sometimes landlords <laughs> are weird about like, hey, how are you installing all this dodgy electronics in my? So I was like, what if a mini fridge is like a borderline thing? And so I've got storage underneath my bed. I can lift up the frame of my bed and put it underneath, <laughs> and it just fit. And I closed it, and I was like, perfect. And I went to bed, and I was like. What if I'm crushing my fridge? Plugged it in the next day, and with uh, I came, I plugged it in, went out, had dinner, came back, and was like, my room smells like electricity. Um, so I uh, smells like electricity. So I unplugged that bitch and, uh, and haven't tried to cool anything since. Oh, that's anyway. amazing. That's amazing. That's um, video games. Um, in other words, Jamie was getting gassed by Freon all night, where he yeah. ruptured a pipe in the back of his fridge. That explains totally. something. It does, totally. explain and you can't just put a fridge in a bin because fridges are fridges, and they got fucking shit in them. Speaking yeah. of things with fucking shit in them, Square Enix also had a showcase, and uh, don't worry, <laughs> wow. yourselves, this wasn't quite as bad as some of the other ones. This one did have a couple of games and a couple of surprises. The first of which we already knew about because insiders are insiders and leakers are leakers. But it was the thing they opened with and spent most of their time on a new game Too from long. Idos Montreal. Huh? Too long they spent on this. Do you know what some some might say? Depending on how much you were digging yeah, it, they, they also re did. repeated some stuff too much. Like a couple of the jokes played more than once, completely unnecessary. But Idos Montreal, the team behind Deus Ex, um, have officially unveiled their game Guardians of the Galaxy, based on the uh, comic book property Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. And this one, unlike Marvel's Avengers, <laughs> it's a single player, story driven game. No DLC, no microtransactions, just straight up Peter Quill's slightly average banter. 
Yeah, single um, player only, right? Absolutely single player. Jonesy, am I right in saying you were kind of maybe the most positive of the three of us on this? Not to shame you, like you're allowed to be, but... No, I was. I I was and am positive on it. I I watched a couple of the um uh like videos about it afterwards as well to try and get a little bit more of a feel for it because if people if people didn't actually see the demo of of what because it was more like they actually played through a section of the mission. It wasn't just a trailer. They actually started off where you sort of go into an area into a world and then played through a bit of a environment. Um, I think it was a mission where they're trying to get to like some fortress in the distance. It didn't look finished. Like it looked like a maybe that's just the world they chose to Uh-oh, showcase. Warning, warning. I was saying this to someone on our Discord again. It's like um, it was something that I'm hopeful for, but at the same time, it was the sort of thing whereby you see it and you say, um, "Oh, but come on, this isn't the finished product. This is only uh, this is only alpha gameplay or beta gameplay, or whatever. It's going to look much better when they apply all the proper textures and, <laughs> and renders and stuff." And then the game drops and looks identical, and then people are like, "Why did you think it would look different?" Yeah. And yeah, you're like, "Well, because I thought it would." Um, but Avengers was the opposite, right? In that Avengers was like a bad game, in the sense of there was nothing really to do. But but it looked nice and shiny, like if and you could be fooled for thinking that it was it was a full finished game. This is kind of the inverse, to, to, from what I kind of understand. Is they've actually gone for a whole like it's based on the comic book. It's not supposed to emulate the comic books or the movies. It sits on its own uh, in its own space, um, and they've taken inspiration from the comics and they've like worked in enemies and things. This could be a really good Guardians of the Galaxy game where it's your your galaxy trotting and you're meeting people and you're doing cool missions and you're interacting with the Guardians. But that didn't come across from what they showed off. Yeah. It looked like an unfinished, slightly wonky combat system whereby you're calling in moves from Gamora and Rocket and um and telling them, Oh, do a slash move, oh do a do a jump, whatever thing. Well, I don't know. Because, because you know what they've done? is they've given you control of the most boring member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. See, I had a Star Lord, Star Lord with his pistols. Like, no, I'd want to be Peter Quill if you, if you could give me any, any forum to choose. Boring. But um, hey, that's, that's, that's different, that different strokes, then, different folks. Then like, I think it's also kind of funny that we're talking about all these co-op action games and a game that so obviously could have been a four-player co-op game is, just, is not. They just said, hey, you, fucker, you're Star Lord, deal with it. <laughs> Do you okay? But I again, not to be too tinfoil hatty, but I do wonder if they originally concepted it as a four-player maybe um, game, but because of the, what they problems they had with Marvel's Avengers, they were like, "We dudes, we cannot release another well, game." I, I, I think I don't think the co-op messaging would have ruined the or would have created too many Marvel's Avengers comparisons. I think as soon as you say story-driven, not a live service game, no microtransactions, no DLC, people get the picture. Yeah. I just think it's weird that like. This is a game that's out in four months and like we didn't know about prior to its big reveal where they showed a lot of it. Like they could have taken a little bit more time. Like internally, push it back. Give it give us like and I agree that things just looked a little bit underbaked. Can, the animations department especially, like things didn't flow together that well. I've cracked this one. And Jamie, you this might actually change the way you look at it. All right. Yeah. Because you were you were writing or you wrote a script that we didn't make about the the death of double A games. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. This is a fucking double A game, my friend. <laughs> it, but but it's a double A game from a triple A publisher based on a triple A franchise. Well, yeah, it, but it's a double A game. Oh no. Yeah, I hope it's good, and I think there are positive. Like I I I was memeing on it, dunking on it a little bit when like we I introduced it, but 
I back Idos Montreal. I really like the last two Deus Ex games. And I think there's definitely some promise here. <laughs> and if that combat if that combat feels good and their writing is solid, then there could be something to this. And I also part of me hopes just it does better than Marvel's Avengers, almost as like a middle finger. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, hey, make a single player story driven game and this is what happens. Yeah, People but Jamie, Marvel's Avengers is getting Black Panther expansion. So. Yeah, but like, do you know what? Do you know what it should have had Marvel's uh, when it should have had Black Panther at the start Fucking, when it was supposed to have Black Panther. Yeah, like or any time, any time, like other than now, basically, um, uh, almost an entire year after the game came out, they they killed. If that game is dead or when that game dies, they killed it themselves. That's my that's I, my I, take. My prediction for Avengers is Black Panther and Spider Man and no other updates. That's it. They'll pull the plug. Well, they, they stop releasing the characters altogether, and they stop. Uh, do, they stop production. No, but they have stop to. They, right? they have to. They have to do these two characters, right? Right. Spider Man and Black Panther. But I think beyond that, they won't do anything else. They'll yeah, just probably right. They'll support the servers, and then that's it. I'm not a gambling man, but um, I, I don't like the odds of <laughs> yeah of their life beyond the next two characters. Let's say. Um, what's especially strange, though, is that. Marvel's Avengers perhaps struggling as a result of its life as a live service game. We finally got a better look at Platinum Games' next uh, title, Babylon's Fall. Turns out that's also a live service game. And I don't know if shit just sometimes doesn't translate that well from Japanese, but there's a bit in the segment where the guy goes, yeah, you're uh, you're just working towards like an unachievable goal. That's how he described a live action game. And it's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, create a game that people <laughs> that can't really Yeah, so people have to keep playing it. Um, I hope they don't rinse that game dry, but also it just, the art style was very strange. I don't know if you guys saw it, but you know how how everything that's made in dreams has like a weird shimmery quality to it. Yeah. It looked like that. Maybe it, maybe game. it was made in dreams, dude. <laughs> maybe it was made in dreams. <laughs> Can you imagine? Platinum Gazer's Babylon. It just has the made in dreams sticker over all the marketing. Um, but, no matter how weird that could have looked, it couldn't have managed to become the single most joked about and dunked on game of the entirety of E3 because that title was uh, very comfortably handed to Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin uh, from Team Ninja, which is the game we talked about last week, a Soulsborne-like game from the Neo team in the Final Fantasy universe where I don't know if you guys heard, but um, they're trying to kill Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> This, yeah. this 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 looked weird, dude. Like when when we totally. when we heard the rumors of, hey, imagine Dark Souls in Final Fantasy. And when I thought about it, I was like, you know what, that actually makes so much sense. That could work so well. And then I saw this, and I was like, mm, not not for me. So the, <laughs> it, it 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 looks weird. The the kind of the writing and the voiceover seemed really bad. They repeat, so there's a character named Chaos who's meant to be like this antagonist. He is name dropped seven times, I think, in like a 90 second trailer, <laughs> and or mostly by a character who just says things like, I'm going to kill Chaos. And it was just the weirdest fucking thing. And at the end of it, they announced that there was a demo on the store, yeah. and the demo was broken for like 48 hours. Yeah. It was had a data corrupted error. Did, did you not feel that this was like, could this have been a, a Devil May Cry game? And then they just said, nah, just slap Final Fantasy on it. I mean, the dude does have short blonde hair and a big <laughs> sword, so like, never say never. But I know I, I will slip in the fact that I have played this demo because I was, it, it piqued my interest. Um, and I I shouldn't have played it. I, I don't like these <laughs> games very much, and it was lost on me. Um, it, didn't, it didn't seem terrible, but it didn't look very good. Um, yeah. And I think 
don't know. I just think there's a weird clash here between a team that can probably make a good Neo-like game and these Final Fantasy elements that are not um, not uh, being very well factored in. And um, and boys, I'll be honest, Square Enix's show was what it was. Shout out to Life is Strange, by the way. Uh, she can still read people's emotions. Good yeah. for her. Um, but J- Japan otherwise kind of struggled, not going to lie. Capcom came out there, uh, turned out that Resident Evil Village is getting DLC, and uh, that's about it. Then um, Bandai Namco also <laughs> decided to get out there with a nice little showcase. Uh, it turns out they are making uh, that horror game set in Iraq. And that's Full it. Full stop. That's yeah. it. Bandai Namco had a showcase for one game. Mental. And it was one like 12 minutes or something. Game. It was stupid. Bro, uh, what's that series called? I know people like it. Um, um, Man of Medan was one of them. Dark Pictures Dark Pictures Anthology. Anthology, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The new one set in, it's literally set in Iraq in 2004. It's like soldiers in Iraq in 2004 fall into a hole and fight monsters. Great. Sounds uh, cool. Sounds cool. As part of a show. Yeah. Right? But what, what yeah, I, as, as one small bit. What I didn't understand the is there, there was a big show that preceded it, which was obviously Nintendo, right? And Nintendo right. showed off that they are releasing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot with like an expansion DLC right yeah DLC you, you know what you you can't you have your show after Nintendo just show more of that why not I know like I don't no, like I don't even, even it. if it's retreading old shit like it's something yeah I just don't get like, it it's bizarre it was, it was just, like we didn't even I'm not even there's another company I'm not even going to mention but the their, their <laughs> name has it's T T. There was another. There were other companies involved in E3 that were even more embarrassing than Bandai Namco was somehow. That's the shit that E3 really needs to sort out before next year if it wants to claw more people back than it did this year. But Chris, I'm glad you mentioned Nintendo because they did at least bring a couple of cool games to be excited about. One that revealed pretty early on in their showing was the return of 2D Metroids which is a game that is now officially known as Metroid Dread. Not Metroid 5, as they for some reason referred to it at one point in the trailer, but Metroid Dread. Um, how do we feel about Return to Side-Scrolling Metroid? Cool. I mean... Yeah, the, it's fine. The, you, 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 know, you know what it is? It's like new Super Mario Brothers Wii, right? When that came out, it's like, oh, it's a side-scrolling Mario game. But actually, it's fucking solid. So, yeah, you know, let's go for it. It, and it's out in October, so not long to wait. And Metroid Prime 4 confirmed still be in development. So yeah. Metroid fans are, are eating well for now. I mean, it for makes now. sense to do this as well because of like they're still waiting for Metroid Prime 4 to come out. So it makes yeah. sense to put something out, put something so, out like with that name on now. Yeah. So Jamie, the, the reason why they said it was uh called it like Metro Metroid 5 is because yes. it's the end of a five-story arc. Is it Samus still in it's, that suit? It's Samus. Yeah, it's Samus, and it's, yeah. And it's going up against Metroid, Emmy? I guess, which is the thing. Is, it, is the main bad guy thing is called Emmy or something? Is it it's something like Emmy. a robot Emmy's thing? Emmy's that, Emmy's those thing are the robots. Amiibo, right? Yes, and those are uh, the robots. Samus as well, yeah. That are on a new planet, and there's the fucking Parasite X or whatever it's fucking called. Um, it's fan service. It's a continuation of the story. It's wrapping up all of that story arc, starting from Metroid 1 to 2, and then... Metroid Prime series kind of factors in the middle of one to two. I don't know right. where other M fucking Metro uh, factors into. I don't even think what Nintendo about fusions. Other M and f- oh fusions, yeah, yeah. So Metroid man, 
Metroid's cool, bro. I fucking love Metroid. Um, well, don't, yeah. just don't ask Josie what he thinks about Metroid. Uh, the, 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 Metroid, the uh, the series that everyone pretends to like, according to Jonesy. <laughs> no, I did say people tend to like it. I said that it's. I said that the fact that there hasn't been what a new game in probably like gee, how long? Thirteen years or something? So ridiculous. Eight years? I don't know how long it is. Uh, well, although now we are going to have a new one because of Metroid Dread, I suppose. But really, yeah, people want to love this game. Just people, people so getting absolutely mental at just the logo when they had Metroid Prime Four logo and people lost their minds. It's like. Right, because you don't, because right. you never played the Metro Prime games. You don't understand. Like that, that, that was a, that was a, that was a hit straight in the fields. That was like, no, oh, but I, I, it doesn't matter what the series is. If you haven't have you haven't had a release for like the longest time, don't turn around, drop a logo, and then be all, like out your mind, excited about it. I think that's that, that's, bizarre. that's the that's the part of Nintendo, bro. Like, but then, it, I mean. You can get people to elicit a, a huge range of emotions just by dropping. No, but they've done it. To be fair to them, they've done it now. They met with Metroid Dread. I think they've had, they're, <laughs> they're doing something for the fans, for those, for the people that are apparently, you know, not satiated with anything else except if it's got Samus in it. Then they're getting some. Well, they're getting that. They're getting yeah. Metroid Dread. One, one emotion that Nintendo did a very good job of extracting from me was uh, indifference, which <laughs> uh, which I felt uh, to full effect when they announced that. Kazuya from Tekken was coming to Smash Brothers. They are remastering the first three Super Monkey Ball games in one package, and they're bringing 100 mini games from across the Mario Party series together in Super Mario Party. No, excuse me, not Super, just regular Mario Party superstars. Can't have the word Super in there twice. But luckily, they did announce, let's give them, let's say, three games, or they announced two games and talked a little bit more about one other game yeah. that are actually pretty cool. Uh, personal fan of of WarioWare returning and WarioWare Get It Together. Uh, WarioWare Touched, I think it was called, in the Nintendo DS, yeah. was for a while like one of my favorite handheld games of all time. <laughs> Spent far too long in it. Um, I just can relate to Wario. Um, his relationship with Garlic, for example, I think it speaks to me. Um, and I'm just super glad he's back. And I think the idea of controlling a character who interacts with the mini games as opposed to the interacting with the mini games directly is a is a interesting way to put a spin on that formula so i'm looking yeah. forward to that nice um advanced wars um a much beloved game that i don't think any of us have any real nostalgia for correct me if i'm wrong is coming back they are remaking the first two campaigns from the ground up for switch in advanced wars one plus two reboot camp jonesy won't play it because they said one plus two instead of one and two that's just uh, <laughs> no one plus two is fine because you're talking maths they're not trying to glue <laughs> words together with plus symbols yeah. how do you know, feel I'm... about the, the name reboot camp it's uh cute. It's, it's clever it's yeah, clever it's cute okay i i i know loads of people are excited about this for me it's just kind of like I've only ever played one Advanced Wars game. I don't even remember which one it was. And I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. But just, I don't know. Why Why well, do this? Chris, it didn't matter because, let's be honest, all of Before Nintendo... we get into the things you want to talk about, <laughs> yeah. I to say, look, it, this, is, this is what I love about Nintendo. You, we have talked about three or four games coming to Nintendo Switch, which no one will probably really care about or should care about. But because it's Nintendo, you boys are so excited about anything they drop that you've scraped the bloody barrel to just to talk about Nintendo when there's, only, there's only one thing of, of any merit no, that I, I think you I actually want to talk no, about. It's called it game to. coverage, Alex Jones? Is it okay? You skimmed over a few other other shows with some with uh, not as weak source offerings. So let's uh, let's 
Let's I, I, no, I, I think between the game that we have for some reason not mentioned yet, like we're all like it's fucking Voldemort or something, between that <laughs> and a new Metroid and a new WarriorWare, I think those are three top tier titles and like the Nintendo effect, the Nintendo pull has something to do with that, obviously. But I don't know. I don't care. I'm, I like to have fun, Jonesy. Shoot me. <laughs> anyway. Um, <coughs> oh, just, say, just, to, just say it. Just say it. Just well, say it. Chris, I was going to throw to you because obviously you mentioned earlier the Holy Trinity, the game that finally completed the Holy Trinity of Elden Ring, Starfield, yeah. and this mystery oh, game that closed the Nintendo Direct. It finally happened. Uh, descending from the skies above, Chris, we finally got another look at in fact, why don't you tell them? Okay, Chibi Robo 2. Yes! <laughs> it's been a long time coming, folks, but it's finally... Fight. No. Nah, it's a Breath of the Wild 2. We knew it was going to be there. You asked me last week if you thought I was gonna be, it was going to be here, and I said unequivocally, 100%, I believed it would be there, and there it is. Um, we got, like, almost, I would say, a longer trailer than you, they usually do, and it looks cool. They explained a lot about kind of what they are doing with it there's a lot more it's hyrule but it's also like the skies above hyrule yeah <clears throat> you know some new skills etc i think it looks cool it we, we touched on it before with the mario plus rabbits looking better than probably what we'd imagine yes. to be on a standard switch and i think the same rings true for breath of the wild 2 currently slated for 2022 release date they are aiming for 2022 and they're not they're not they're not being beholden to anything Keep in mind, Breath of the Wild was delayed multiple times, uh, which is fine because it's still one of the best games like, ever made. Delayed so much that Breath of the Wild was actually a Wii U game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that's easy to forget. But fair enough. If if delay if Nintendo delaying games equals that kind of quality, let them fucking do it. Um, yeah. But I have a bit of a spicy take on this one. Okay. Go on. With all the stuff and the explanation of what they're trying to do, I personally don't think i'm gonna like it very much oh well to expand elaborate so so i've mentioned it before on the podcast and atg etc that i have a bit of a love-hate relationship with zelda and i think the reason that breath of the wild resonated with me so much was it was very unzelda like in what it did Right, it kind of it kind of strayed very far away from the Zelda past. Still having the Zelda DNA, that's fine, but kind of, you know, Zelda's and Yan original Zelda's are Neanderthals, and fucking Breath of the Wild is fucking Homo sapiens, and now it seems like they're trying to course correct and bring a little bit more of that classic Zelda stuff that you'd expect into it, like the N sixty four style Zelda stuff. And I'm just what was it that you? I don't. To be fair, I'm, you know, Breath of the Wild was the first and only Zelda game I've ever played. So I don't. What was there anything in particular that you're thinking that looks like they're bringing back? Because from that trailer, I, 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 well, I'd find it almost impossible to tell. Like it, it, it is hard. I mean, I, I don't know if I can necessarily pinpoint it, but it is just an okay. overwhelming. It's more like feeling. the look and the feel and the. No, the, the look is great. I mean, it, it just seems that like what was so. It, it's going to sound so stupid and so weird. I, I know. Breath of the Wild was felt like it, it felt like a stripped back experience, right? It felt like going to a steak restaurant that gives you the best cut of steak that is available in the world, and they don't slather it with fucking green pepper sauce or black pepper sauce or whatever, right? It's just like this is the steak. It's fucking amazing. It's like wagyu beef, and that's all you need. And that's what Breath of the Wild was. 
But now it seems like Breath of the Wild 2, they're starting to bring in more of that fucking garnish. And it, it, it's the garnish of Zelda that rubs me the wrong way. I hope I'm wrong. Trust me. This I will buy it day one and I will play the shit out of it uh, because that's what I do with Zelda games. But I hope I feel more Breath of the Wild than I felt, let's say, Twilight Princess. Right? I enjoy Twilight Princess. Don't get me wrong. But I just... I want that more pure experience that Breath of the Wild gave me. Wait, so Chris, let me get this on the record. Yeah. You're saying you're, you don't want to be a wolf for half of the game. I, that I, I did enjoy being a wolf, actually. <laughs> no, but it's more like more like the, the core design philosophies. Like they threw they threw the they took the fucking design philosophy of Zelda, like go into a dungeon and do this big dungeon, and you know the. Metroidvania gives you a thing to then unlock other areas and they kind of got rid of it. They said at the start of the game, here are your four skills, right? Now go off the plateau and fucking do whatever you want. They they stripped it back. They stripped it back. So simple. And it seems like they're trying to complicate it again. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the direction. I, uh, but I am I think, aware... I think you've read a lot into a trailer that didn't maybe show... Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games ever, so of course I would read too much into a fucking simple trailer. One hundred percent. And and I'm also aware that I'm being a gamer with a G, and saying, oh, I really want a sequel to this game, but I don't want them to change the game in any way, which is like an impossible ask, you know. It, oh, uh, yeah. if, if you release a sequel, especially the Nintendo's way of thinking, they want it to be bigger and better and offer different perspectives. So I understand that I'm kind of contradicting myself. But I'm entitled. Yeah. Kind of, kind I'm, of I'm, ironic as well, and from what I took away from that trailer, I must admit. But um, yeah. Jamie, what are you? Uh, what are your initial my thoughts? thoughts? My, my thoughts are, uh, on Breath of the Wild 2 as a, as, a, as a the whole thing, as opposed to just this trailer specifically and what we learned about it, is less about the kind of the garnish, so to speak. It's more that just, like Chris said, Breath of the Wild 2 was, was this very different thing still you know kept some of that dna but something that was fresh and interesting and new what do you do now that the genie's out of the bottle yeah no yeah. we know that this is in hyrule again for example <laughs> even if we have the skies above hyrule now we know that we're more familiar with like link and his uh, his weapons his armor set the races that make up the populace of hyrule in that era you know what what Breath of the Wild did so well was that sense of exploration and discovery and how it all felt so natural and, and seamless and um, everything just felt kind of unique to you as a player, even when it really wasn't how every encounter played out. Like, how do you do that again? You can't. Yeah. And so when I hear, and I know it's not going to be called this, but when I hear it literally referred to as Breath of the Wild 2, another story when in, in that same engine with, with Link exploring Hyrule again, I'm like, how do you make that stuff happen again? I, and I, I, Nintendo are a company that can and will find an answer for that. Uh, the yeah. one of the only companies on planet earth you know and they'll <laughs> keep going until they get it right um and i hope that's why it's taking a little while and they should take all the time they need yeah. um that's that's where i'm at at the moment uh all positive all optimistic just really curious to see how they answer that question to be honest yeah i mate okay i, I <laughs> maybe yeah, it's but not you see fair. jonesy because you didn't like breath of the wild so stop <laughs> No, 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 because I, I, I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I just didn't, I definitely didn't f think it was as good as a lot of other people did. Like it was, a lot of it was fine and it was a, 
It was a fun open world game. It was pretty. It was uh, they had some Slept cool mechanics. That on the box. A lot of this game is fine. <laughs> it had some um, interesting ideas with like the controls and some stuff that was really cool. This, but this coming from the trailer for this, it just looked like DLC to me. Like it literally looked like you've taken Breath of the Wild. Um, you've said, right, how do we? What are we going to do for DLC? Well, we're going to take the castle and we're going to lift it out of the ground, and we're going to make. Oh, now you've got to go up to get to the castle. Oh, we're also going to lift up some other bits of land so that you've got to. So there's a bit more verticality, and we're going to throw in a couple more moves. But I think, as Jamie said, it's like it looks very similar. It's the same engine, like even the same, like the enemy types, the least <coughs> exciting types of little um, stitches from like Lilo and Stitch knocking around, shooting arrows at you, like they did in the first game. Like it was, I don't know. There was, Someone who played the first one, liked a lot of the ideas, didn't really buy into the concept and was like, okay, maybe it's just something I don't get. This to me was like, oh, look, do you want to play exactly this, but more of the same again? Um, just now you go up a bit and he's got a couple more moves. I'm like, not really. Shit, Jonesy, you've sold me. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I, like I, di- I didn't even finish the first game because I got bored of, of that, of doing that stuff. So I'm probably not going to go in and, you know, do more. Yeah. But then, but then... Like, like I said, it's, I think sometimes you know, like, oh, some people get a game, some people are into it, and sometimes you're just not, and you don't get it, and you're not into it. And I think it doesn't sometimes resonate you with you. You're not exactly. on the same frequency. Yeah. Exactly. It just doesn't resonate with you. And I, I put a decent amount of time into Breath of the Wild, and, I, and it was... Like, some of the ideas, like I said, are cool, and I like how... I really like the art style, even, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I was... I, this didn't do anything for me, really. <laughs> Fair Interesting. Enough. Well, I, I guess with that, boys, now that we've all shared our thoughts on, you know, one of the biggest games of the E3 period and one of the biggest games that Nintendo have on the docket, that's kind of it, first of our podcast-styled coverage of, of E3, because while there were a few other events and a few other games announced here and there, and even today, as of recording, there was like an extended Xbox showcase, which yeah. apparently had some footage of Hellblade 2, for example, but... When you think about it, you've got EA in July and so much more happening elsewhere that it's very hard to draw a line in the sand. So this is us, I think, saying that for what we consider E3, that's probably our lot, right? And and yeah. with that, I wanted to ask either of you two if you've got kind of any closing thoughts on the state of E3, on any specific highs and lows in this past week, be it games or moments or showcases or... And then as a set, if you can remember all these questions, I'm throwing them all at you once, what you would like to see in E3, from E3 in the future. Chris? Hmm. I think I think E3 next year is going to be absolutely border, right? We, we, discussed, so. we discussed this, like, the, this E3 was putting the pieces on the chessboard. And next E3, we're going to see those those chess pieces move. And we're going to see the plays. And we're going to see the king fall and all of that shit. Like, next year is setting up to be an amazing E3. What this E3 was all about was E3 coming back. And coming back in a way of saying like, hey, we can still pull off a show. It might not be like amazing, but it was good enough. And I think that's more or less where I'm coming down. It was good enough to kind of get their foot in the door again before they fucking slam it wide open, hopefully, next year, with like, hey, bitches, here's fucking uh, Breath of the Wild gameplay, here's Metroid Prime 4, here's uh, Starfield gameplay, and a fucking 40-minute explanation on how you're going to fucking play the game where you're going to stand in front of the mirror and shave and name yourself and shit. Like, okay, cool. Like, next year, 
hopefully has got all the ingredients ready to make it fucking baller. This year was like, hey, we're still here. We're still here. Here's some cool things. And like I said, what did I get out of it? Even though one of them wasn't at E3, but E3 adjacent, I got my Holy Trinity. I'm happy. I've got Elden Ring. I've got Breath of the Wild 2, even though it sounded like I was really down on it, but I am very excited about it. And we got Starfield. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I could look at any E3 that gave that to me, and I could say, that's an E3 that I like. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Jonesy, like any, uh, while you bat off that fly. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. The dogs open the door again. Um, I, I, I agree with Chris mostly. I think um, it, it, they did what they did enough stuff. They did what they had to do. I do think, uh, I think if you take out the the Trinity, like Chris is saying, I think you end up with a pre, like a show that is very um, wishy washy. I think without, if you take out Microsoft um, Bethesda or Xbox Bethesda, then you'd struggle like that that was it was really hanging itself on that um i was i was i was kind of into the ubisoft um show i thought they did a very i think they did a good job for um you know of showing off their stuff they didn't really show anything new they just showed us more which is fine but like i said without um without xbox um bethesda i think it would have been a pretty lax show in general um there's a there's a weird thing in my mind now though that you've you've got it is a strange position whereby last year you had Summer Game Fest this year you've got Summer Game Fest again but everything is focused around on E3. I think the question for the for the companies is going to be next year they can now look back and say which way did we prefer it and I and I must admit I preferred last year like I don't think that the the public going to E3. Um, you know, is a thing that's going to come back anytime soon. I don't think they're going to open the doors and like tens of thousands of people are going to attend. I think the online way of like participating is going to be much more likely and they need to change the format. I didn't actually enjoy having to sit down and cram a whole load of uh, conferences in a really short space of time. I, I think last year was too long and dragged out, but I wouldn't be surprised if next year more companies are less likely to be there. Um yeah, I don't want to say it won't be. I don't want to say there won't be an E3 next year. Like I think there will, but I do think, as we've said before, I don't. I think this is kind of the beginning of the end um, for that for E3 in general. But it, hey, it, it was it was impressive what they managed to pull off, given what's gone on in the last two years. I'll say that. Yeah, I I, I, I for what it's worth as like an E3 fan in general, as weird as a term that is to say, I do hope that next year it's back and and bigger and better and that the kind of the analytics and the back end of all of this show that it was actually worth it for those that did attend and those that made an effort to show what they had uh, coming soon because i think you're right i think the future probably isn't thousands of people crowding back into the la convention center but i like this summer tent pole and i like looking at schedules and i like saying out loud okay microsoft at six o'clock and getting ready for that stream um for as long as i don't have a kid anyway who can fuck up my <laughs> life um i like that but then it, it's also kind of strange when you're like reflecting on this year's E3 specifically. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, our code word at the end of the podcast was why bother? And I think the why bother specifically referred to like me saying, if I were if I worked at one of these studios right now and was looking at like getting shit together for E3 and talking about the future, why bother? Yeah. I think there are a bunch of companies that were like, yeah, we have stuff that's ready. Like, oh, Ubisoft have probably been sitting on Rainbow Six Extraction for, you know, months. And like, yeah, we'll, we'll show it. But like, when it comes to getting so-and-so ready for this, it's like, why bother? What, do you want to stop development to make a vertical slice for this? 
Nah, why bother? Next year, I hope we're in a position where it makes a little bit more sense to do that for COVID reasons, for release date reasons, and so on. So, I'm 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 optimistic. Um, any um any games to show before we wrap up as well? Chris, I know you you talked about the Holy Trinity. Is there one of those three that stands out above the others, or is there a completely different game that you want to give its due or its props? Um, then- there there is one game that stands out above the all the the other two. Um, what are you gonna say? It is Elden Ring. Yeah, fair play. Can't but I guess that's it. because there's more. Starfield didn't give us much, by way of yep. information. Breath of the Wild two did, but I think, I think there's more to sink your teeth into in Elden Ring if you are interested in the From Software kind of thing than Breath of the Wild 2 gave you if you are a fan of Zelda, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I might get crucified for saying that, but that's just kind of how no, I feel. No, I, I, I do know what you mean. Jonesy? I think you're right. I think it's Elden Ring. Interesting. What about for you personally, though? There was nothing that jumped out and said, wow, look at this. Um, th- no, th- there was a lot. There was a lot of small stuff that jumped out and and piqued my interest. Like it, w- it was a show of, for me. Like E three had a lot of little moments where I was like, "Oh, that is cool. That is good. That is." And it was a lot of the smaller um, the games like uh, replaced or um, uh, was it Road ninety six or um, just a, a, and even like even things like Rainbow Six Extraction that I didn't think I would like the look of. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, and then we had little teases from um, Bethesda as well with things like Outer Worlds 2. Even just like we're saying, it's just the title, it's not the game. There's a few little things like that that piqued my interest. But if you had to say to me, even as like someone who's not a fan of FromSoft games, it, the, the thing that I came out of the back of E3 being like, oh, that was the coolest thing. That was the biggest thing that they had there that kind of made, that was a big showstopper. I'd say, yeah, it was probably Elden Ring. Fair enough. You know what? I, I get where you're coming from. I, I think if I were to offer a bit of a curveball with something slightly different, I think I respond to what Chris was saying about Elden Ring, giving him more to chew on, more to kind of like to to think on than than say maybe Zelda or Starfield. And in that sense, I, I actually kind of want to give props to Forza Horizon Five, which you it, like in it. Yeah, it, it was just because it, it was this weird thing where it felt like an E3 of kind of like cool cinematic trailers, things to get excited about, things that are like just about maybe ready to give us gameplay like in the future. And then there was Forza Horizon 5 that was just like, no, like our game's out this year. That means this is that means we're showing it. This is Forza Horizon yeah. 5. Look at the setting that we've chosen. Look how pretty it is. Look at this volcano. I, <laughs> I thought that was just... Look at this photograph. Are, yeah, every time I do it, it makes me laugh, and I think those are the kinds of showcase like showings that really can stand out in a in a sea of like when it's game, 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 game. Um, so uh, I like that element. And with that, unless either of you two have anything else to add or any other closing notes, I think that about does it for this mammoth. I've, I've won. Up. I wanted yeah, to chuck in it. a why. I wanted to chuck in a why bother after okay. what we've just said, like. Because if you're Microsoft with Beth- like Bethesda, you just done that show right as part of E3. Surely, if you look back at E3, you're saying, "Why bother? Like, why are we involved with the rest of this thing when we could have done our own show and probably been?" I, I, I think they see it as that they did do their own show. The E3 just happened to claim ownership of it, and they don't really mind. Yeah, you know, okay, e- yeah, maybe, the, ESA, yeah. the ESA didn't produce that show. They're no, no creative no, control. Not. Microsoft didn't give the ESA any money. It just makes sense for E3 for yeah. marketing terms to say, "Hey, roll it in." That's why both E3 and uh, Summer Game Fest both claimed ownership of some of the same streams. 
because neither of them actually had it. They're both just glorified calendars. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, no, I um, see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Because, of course, Microsoft, even when you go to LA, aren't actually part of E3. They've got their own little yeah, like, exactly. building next to it where they yeah. put everything. The, the only favour they do them, they, that they do the ESA, is having it at the same weekend. That's the only thing <laughs> right. they do. Yeah. And it's because everyone was in town. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, a huge, huge episode of the Super Show Fuck in the no. books and our coverage for E3 2021 wrapped up. Um, so be sure to check in, not just next year for E3 22, but next week and the week after that and the week after that for all your regularly scheduled goodness, gaming goodness from us specifically. And I'm going to say it now, boys, please don't let me forget, I really want to talk about Blue Box and Abandoned next week because... I don't know if you remember how that was being linked to Kojima and Sun Hills. The tinfoil oh, yeah. hats have come back on in the last <laughs> 48 hours. And boys, some of the shit is fucking crazy. Okay, put it um, in the document now so we don't forget so, it. That's a little teaser, not just for us, but also for you. That's what you're going to be getting if you tune in to us next week. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on a podcasting platform of your choice. You can catch us on digital radio at paisleyradio.com on Thursdays. Uh, and if you do want to reach out to us, have a chat, join in the conversation, comment section down below on YouTube, at Twitter at Super Show Pod. And if you want to keep this train rolling like we do, please do show your support at patreon.com forward slash Super Show. Every little helps. And with that, boys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for staying awake, I guess. Oh, well, I'm Actually. half asleep already, but yeah, you're welcome. Well, you've made it. You crossed the finish line. Thank you all so much. And we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. No code word? Oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs>